job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, and former Husker national champion, Brendan Starr. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. Ah, yes. Doesn't it sound sweet? Just soak it in. The wait is over, ladies and gentlemen. The wait is over. Tomorrow, there is football. Tomorrow, we will wake up at the top of the morning. (laughs) Pour ourselves some Irish coffee and get things started. And welcome to the Friday Husker Tailgate. I am Jack Mitchell. Uh, my voice is recovering from the break the curse party last night, and if it took, <laughs> if the if it cost me my voice to break the curse, then so be it. And 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 it was a great night last night. Uh, had a whole lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who came out. Caleb was there as well. Our friends from sixteen twenty, the zone were there as well. But now we turn the page. Now we turn the page to the Friday Husker tailgate twenty twenty two. And joining us, as you heard, live from. Dublin live from the stadium. I forgot what the stadium sponsor. What is it? The Lucky Charm Stadium. I forgot what the sponsor is. Aviva. Erlingus. Erlingus is the game. Aviva is the stadium. I believe. I think you. Just, I think you just wanted to say Erlingus. If I'm being honest, <laughs> right now. That's Brendan, uh, live from Ireland right now in the stadium behind him. We can see it. Good morning, Brent. Well, uh, good afternoon, I guess, to you. Or what? What is it? Noon there. Lunch Top time. of the day to you guys. Yeah, it is 12.08. 12. And I'll give you kind of a little picture from where I'm at. Everybody that's online, you can check it out. Yes. We have the, uh, for Three. those who, for those who are listening on the radio, we are uh, broadcasting live on Facebook. Uh, Kenny, what page are we going on here? KLIN. The KLIN, KLIN page KLIN on one, Facebook. Yeah. I'm learning things about this show every second, right, when we get into <laughs> it. And the Friday Husker tailgate, you know, I'd like, as Brendan is showing you around, I'd like to just mention one other addition to the team on the Friday Husker tailgate. So, you know, trade deadline every year, like the last few years it's been, like the Dodgers, right? They're already in first place. They're already the best team, obviously, in baseball. But they say, you know what we need? We need to go out and just to solidify this already great team, we need to go find the best asset from another team uh, or maybe in the offseason the best free agent uh, on another team. And so that's what we did. We scoured the market. I did some analytics on the various free agents were available. But does he get on base? And we Well, listen, the average might not be there, but some of the advanced metrics look good. Some of the newfangled metrics. And so I went out last weekend and I made a late signing of Mike Schaefer of 24-7 Sports, returning a veteran of the Friday Husker tailgate. Took a break, but he is back on KLIN. Mike Schaefer, welcome back to the tailgate. It's like you never left. It feels good to be here, you know? I mean, it uh, it has been, I can't even remember, I think 2017. Did I Did I get one year across? You did, you did, you and Sty did one year together, right? Yeah. You, you and Sty did, because. Yeah, the 18. 18. 18. Two years. Oh, did you I, have two? I have, a, I have a strong recollection of many of the stories that Brendan Sty has told. <laughs> and I was looking down the, the rundown for today's show. 
Uh, I saw it there about Tokyo. Yes. And there are stories that Brendan told both on the air and off the air that will never leave my brain. <laughs> so I am oh, yeah. already pretty I'm, active. I'm hoping we revisit. Movie. Might some of those stories be revisited today? I don't know. I don't I think know. So. I don't know. We, we might, shall. We might. We, we shall. We might get back to those in uh, in story time today. Well, glad to have you with us. Three hours of Husker football every Friday during the season with this team. Brendan, Mike, Caleb, myself, Kenny Larrabee is in studio running the Facebook live stream. And here's the interesting thing about this show if you're watching the live stream. And Mike, I don't even know if you know this. We keep the mics on during the breaks. So... <laughs> There's no off-air story this is, on right, Friday. That is an important thing to tell me. That is, I am telling you right now for the first time, this is like when you arrive to the uh, Dodgers facility and we're showing you the bathroom before the first game, just so you're able to find, find it. So, it has no doors. Right. There's, yes, there are no doors at the Dodgers facility. <laughs> actually a glass panel right behind. <laughs> <laughs> so we, are, we, have a, we have a culture of transparency here at the uh, Friday Husker tailgate so now. I like get up and walk just a few feet over there and then signal for someone to join me. <laughs> yes. So that way I can say yeah. People will know that you're giving us insider information that they are not privy. That they... I, I kind of like that. Uh, I use that to my advantage. That's good. Uh, Should have brought your ball glove and just cover it up. <laughs> We're holding a no, secret conversation right here. Oversized laminated play sheet. <laughs> yes, it has yes. all these fake plays on it because they have fake ones. So if you ever zoom in on the television, you can't even really. Tell Just it. put the rundown of the show on there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> no risk. You guys think I'm not going to do this? Going up with a laminated sheet. I'm sticking it in front of my microphone. <laughs> could I make? Could we get like the show the show rundown on a wrist thing like the quarterback has? That'd be nice if I could open that up before the segment. We're doing opposition. We're doing opposition. Yeah, probably. All right, Sty, how's Ireland been? Give us a rundown on what your experience has been there so far. Oh, man, it's been wonderful. We've gotten lucky, number one, with the weather. Uh, travel over here was... <clears throat> oh, there it is. Uh-oh. There it is, the first one. We lost him for a moment. Let's see if he's coming back here. Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, yes, we are. We have Brendan live, and the, maybe the. Oh, go ahead, Brendan. We lost you for a second. Keep going. Yeah. So my phone, when it rings, unfortunately, it's gonna it's gonna uh, mute me for a minute or so. Don't, Sorry tell about people, that. Listen, uh, don't people know you've got a job to do right now? Listen, <laughs> everyone in the sty I'm orbit should know. My job, and I've got eight hundred people calling. You're me. a multiple time award winner for this show. I would think everyone <laughs> should know that right now. What that yeah. is what you're doing. All right, go ahead. Tell, uh, uh, what are you saying about the travel? Yeah, so the travel was great, except when we took off, we sat on the tarmac for an hour and 40 minutes. I don't know. Somebody was trying to smuggle in something into Ireland, something with the bags. Oh. But it was it was actually a, a pretty seamless flight. Got here. The weather has been, for Ireland and Dublin, it usually rains here quite often. Every 15 minutes, they say. In the last, really, three, four days, there hasn't been a whole lot of rain. Just a little sprinkle this morning. Two nights ago, it rained a little bit. Uh, looks like the forecast is going to be great. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, uh, you know, the people, uh, the food, obviously, uh, the, the touristy things. Uh, check out Jameson's uh, Whiskey Distillery there. They've got a tour there. Going to do the Guinness one today, St. Patrick's Cathedral. Um, yeah, it's just it's been really great. And, of course, can't forget the beer, right? I mean, it's just amazing. Uh, the yeah, the Guinness over here, they pour it. Uh, it's a nitrous pour, so it takes about a minute and a half per pint, um, but plenty of beer to go around, and, and there's uh, 
a good contingency of uh, Nebraska fans over here. I think there's over like uh, 12,000 Nebraska fans here. So it's been all in all really good. And, and I got to golf. So how'd you shoot? How'd you shoot? I shot a 94 on a Lynx course, which isn't bad. I only lost two balls. So, and uh, it was a beautiful course. European club is about an hour north of here, right on the, uh, on the, on the ocean. So Jeez. yeah, it's been good. Look at, look at Brendan flexing with his 94. Wow. <laughs> Not bad. Put up a not bad. I mean, you know, I'm usually in the 80s. I'm, I'm not a sandbagger, so I, I do keep good. my kin, uh, unlike a lot of people. Uh, um, so best, try to keep it fair. Best food you've had over there so far? Not Irish food. <laughs> <laughs> Irish food is pretty bland. Oh. Um, you know, you got your potatoes, your corned beef, uh, and hash or whatever they call that. And uh, But, you know, the best food I've had so far is a burger, actually, and the fish and chips. Okay, I figured so. the fish would be good. Yeah. Yeah, fish is really good. All right. Good. And then my last question is, um, like, is Guinness, how is Guinness looked at by the Irish? Like, do they celebrate it or is that like the tourist drink to have? No, no. It is the drink to, if you're not drinking a Guinness, everybody looks at you sideways. Like, are you really, you're not man enough to drink the Guinness? So uh, <laughs> there's another brand. When I was over here back in 98, we played the Bears. Uh, the lightest beer that they had at the time was called Smittix. And it, it, it looks like it's spelled uh, or it's Smith-Wix. spelled with a Wix, yeah. but it's pronounced Smidix. Oh, that's good to yeah. know. So, so I'm drinking the Smidix and they go, an easy night with Smidix, a Guinness night will take you down. So that's kind of the motto over here. Caleb knows I, I've never mispronounced an Irish word before in my life. Never but once. Why don't you tell the story? Of, oh, of, at my wedding? Yeah, at your wedding. Oh, my God. So we, we put in a whiskey ceremony into my wedding this summer, and we got to the end, and we want, while my bride and I were going to take shots, we wanted everyone to say, Slanja. Well, knowing how to pronounce that is probably key, because Jack goes, Slant. <laughs> Slant. <laughs> I think that's so. What is Slanja? Is Slanja like uh, Gartha? Like Cheers? Like Cheers? Yeah. I believe yeah, I yeah, said yeah. Slant. Actually, I just Gartha with... be easier for you, Jack. <laughs> I just went with the phonetic reading. It's S L A I N T E. How would you read that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Slant. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh... <laughs> all right. So we got Brendan's kind of kind of Ireland experience down. Uh, Brandon, I haven't really talked to you much about the season yet, you know, about, uh, about, uh, and we're going to obviously do that throughout the course of the show, but I'd, I'd just like to get some of your initial sh- thoughts here right off the bat about, about the season, about this game, uh, about what you've been seeing there and feeling there as Nebraska gets ready to take on Northwestern tomorrow. Well, I think we, it can go all the way back to spring ball and take a look at, uh, you know, getting a refresh on, uh, you know, obviously it's the new coaches we have uh, and the unprecedented amount of uh, transfers that we've had. Um, so there's always that uh, unknown. And, you know, as we went through spring, uh, there was a lot of optimism. I watched uh, quite a few practices get into fall camp and I'm liking what I'm seeing. And not only what I'm seeing, because I have an opinion, my eye tells me one thing, but talking with the coaches, um, you know, I think that this team has a chance to be good. Uh, there's some spots of concern uh, as we go into the season and some unknowns. Uh, but uh, I like the makeup. I think, uh, uh, you know, the portal treated us well. We've got some key players that are going to, I think, be difference makers for us, uh, which, you know, we'll, as we go through the draft, I'm sure a few of those guys will pop up. Uh, but, 
you know, I, I think probably the, the biggest concern, or I shouldn't say concern, is just the unknown is the quarterback position, right? So I think Casey Thompson, uh, right now, as it stands, uh, he's a guy that is proven. Uh, he's played at the highest level, uh, coming into a new system. It's always an interesting transition and having a new coach and Mark Whipple. Uh, I, I'm excited for the kid. I, he, he really has shown a lot of uh, leadership. Uh, he's very confident, uh, almost to a fault. Uh, but that's that's just who he is, and I think he's stated that. You know, he's got two chips on his shoulder now, and and so having him at the helm at the quarterback position is key. But uh, what's in front of him also uh, is something that we need to sort out. Uh, l- losing Nori, uh, you know, to you know violation of a PED, and we can talk about that later. I talked to him in extent about it. But the silver lining with him is the day after he they announced that he ended up hurting his knee in the weight room and he was going to have to have surgery. So he already had his surgery. Uh, he'll be back next year. And it looks like he's going to push for that center position, but up front uh, from tackle to tackle, you got a kid uh, in Teddy Prohaska who's coming off a knee uh, surgery and ACL. Uh, that's always interesting. So watching him at the beginning, cause he didn't go through spring watching him at the beginning of fall camp to the end of fall camp with pads on, he has improved tremendously. And I think a lot of that has to do with confidence. And then, you know, having uh, the situation with Nori, you move Cor- Corcoran into left guard. Uh, I think he's going to be, you know, definitely serviceable. Uh, wait and see. You know, it's a different position. And that guard position is like playing in a, in a phone booth. Um, you know, so I think uh, most most people will tell you that uh, tackles, especially like in the league, uh, guards are failed tackles. And so, you know, I'm hoping that he thrives at that position. So I think the bigger question is from the center all the way over to the right. Um, you've got uh, Hickson, Bando, and Piper. Um, Hickson would be starting center, and then Bando and Piper rotating in. And then you've got our transfer, um, Kevin Williams, out of Northern Colorado, who's really shown a lot of upside. And uh, and then at that right tackle position uh, with Ben Hart, you know, Ben Hart has had his struggles. And, you know, watching him, uh, you know, in practice, I think he's improved. He actually had a really good camp. Um, and then there's another guy in that equation who I think is going to be kind of the dark horse. Uh, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's he's the alpha male of the group, and and that's Anthony, the transfer from Oklahoma State. So, you know, I always I always look at it from you know that up front, and and, and I think we're we're we've got good depth there. Uh, some younger guys with no experience, but uh, you know that development is happening. And then on the other side of the ball, defensive line. I mean, shoot. We've got to be probably um, the most talented we've been at the defensive end position. And and it's kind of a mixed bag of talent. You know, you've got uh, Garrett Nelson, who is a tremendous run stopper. Um, he's not going to get pushed around a whole lot. And he's improved his pass rush game. And then Gunnarsson, I would say, was kind of in that same kind of mold on his way up. But uh, O'Shawn Mathis coming in here, obviously a lot of hype around him, uh, kind of designed as a speed rusher. Um, so we'll see how he shapes uh, as the season gets a little bit thicker towards the end, you're going against those bigger guys and uh, the Minnesotas and the Wisconsins of the world. But, uh, you know, and then Caleb Tanner, who's very similar to um, as far as O'Shawn Mathis's skills, you know, speed rusher. So I like what I see. Uh, we've got, we probably have the two best linebackers in the West uh, in the Big Ten, but there's not a lot behind them. And then we've got some inexperienced uh, in the defensive backfield, but uh, it, it's shaping up to be, you know, a very talented team. Now, again, we look at last year, we all have a bad taste in our mouth. It's a team that needs to learn how to win, and that's the objective. And then coming out, coming out of the gates, this could not be more important 
I mean, if, if we win this game, it's going to set ourselves up for, you know, a lot of great momentum going into, you know, I'm not overlooking anybody, uh, but we should beat North Dakota. We should beat um, Georgia Southern. And, and then, you know, you got Oklahoma and here we go. So it could get fun. It could get fun. Uh, Mike Schaefer, 24 uh, seven, a nice rundown there from Brendan of most yeah. of the roster. Yeah. Uh, I'm cur- curious your thoughts on, on, uh, on the things that you heard Brendan talk about there. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I kind of asked Brendan this. I mean, I, I think one of the, the keys to Saturday is just how quickly the offensive line can knock some rust off. I mean, you've got guys like Teddy Prohaska that has won two career starts, played basically started a game and a half, uh, and has been out. And, you know, they've been going against their own defensive line, but now they're going to see somebody else. And you had Turner Corcoran, who didn't practice this spring as well. I think a lot of it is just going to be how quickly those guys, who you expect to be kind of your top end of your offensive line, how quickly they can knock that rust off. Brennan, I mean, is that... Is that something that might take them the entire game on Saturday, or is that something that could just take a series or two and then you're sort of back in it? Because I I think one of the biggest challenges in college football and what always makes these opening games really fascinating, you don't get the NFL preseason. You practice against yourself every single day to the point where you hate each other in August, as I'm sure you're well aware. and. Then you got to go do it against someone else. We saw that being an issue for them last year against Illinois. Do you feel fairly confident, based on what you've heard and, and who you've talked with, that they can kind of knock that rust off relatively early against the Northwestern team uh, that you know struggled last year against the run? Yeah, yeah. You know, I really think uh, opening up against Northwestern. Northwestern is not the same team uh, that they were five, ten years ago. They've changed kind of their paradigm. They've gotten away from developing guys, and it's kind of in vogue now in college football. These kids, they come in, they play right away. Um, so I think that that bodes well for us uh, as far as us going against their defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting um, thing that happens on offensive line. There's chemistry that needs to be built. Uh, but I think going against really good guys, you know, iron sharpens iron. I don't necessarily know that the offensive line is iron right now. But um, going against a really good defensive line is, is really going to test you uh, and give you a good idea personally and then as a collective group. Here's the key, I think, with the offensive line is their offensive line coach. Donovan Rayola has come in, and he has set the tone in a different manner than Greg did. Greg was a great offensive line coach. Um, you know, he was kind of a mother hen, you know, kind of, you know, feeding his guys uh, along the way. Uh, Donovan, he, he, uh, he, he holds you at a higher standard. And the accountability from him. And so it's fun to watch him coach. And I talked to a few of the guys and they told me, they said they needed it. They needed a kick in the rear, you know? And so, and I think Whipple's kind of the same way. You, you get the, the feeling that he's just, I mean, he's been doing it so long. It's like, Hey, if you don't do your job, if you're not performing next bet up, you know, and I'm going to find a way to put you in a position to make plays. I'm not going to try to force something that doesn't fit your style. Uh, but up front, uh, those guys, it'll take them a quarter, I'm sure. Uh, and I, I think that's key as well in this game. Like last year against Northwestern, getting up ahead of these guys quick. Uh, that way you can kind of set the tone. You don't want to get into a fourth quarter game with Northwestern. The history just does not bode well for us. Throw this out there for the table here. We've got a few more minutes in the first segment. And, and, and Caleb, maybe we'll, we'll start it with you. You and I have talked about this a bunch. Um, there, it, it, it felt like, at least from the outside, that it, there were there would be moments in games where 
you know, at least as a as a fan watching, I would I would be like, oh no, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there's you know, you, I don't even have to explain it. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. That moment that you feel like, okay, that sunk them, and you could almost feel in watching the game, you could feel like the players kind of felt that too, just because it was happened. There's such a history of it. What is the? I I think one of the things about and and both the guys talked about this a little bit, having so many new players who have, weren't a part of the program a year ago on the rosters, you don't know exactly what you're getting. But how much do you think that might be just sort of a a boon in that whatever whatever uh, uh, package that you've got, whatever lug, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, whatever you're bringing, baggage. I almost said luggage. Whatever baggage that you're bringing from, it's, it was a long night. Shut up, Brennan. <laughs> that you're bringing from the last few years, that they're not bringing that sort of stuff in. How significant do you think that is from the mental side? Well, we, we've talked about it, how difficult it is to look at last season's 3-9 and nine and make any comparisons to what this team is. All of the differences you have on the offensive side of the ball, not just coaches, but your offensive line, your quarterback, running backs, who the heck's even going to be the pass catcher? Because I know you brought in some talented uh, wideouts, but is Ramir Johnson going to be over there in kind of a duck position? How much is that going to be used? How much are the transfers going to be used versus the returners over there? And that's all just on the offensive side of the ball. So I don't know from a personnel standpoint, from the guys that you've added, how much that's going to impact the oh-no moments. But the coaches talked about it this week. They said, for all the success you've seen through camp, the guys haven't faced adversity, so we'll find that out on Saturday. And I think where you see the mental state of a team in a non-bowl international game is going to say a lot about what this team looks like over the course of the next twelve or next eleven games. Yeah. Well, I'll, let me ask. I my... don't think it's going to. In, looking at last year and where we knew knew that there was just mental weakness is not going to be the. I think. What defines the team this season? Let me ask Mike this because he's he's obviously covered the team too, and I, I, I hear Mark Whipple talk, and and I've you know I've you've you've seen him and heard him more than I have, but I hear him, and he does not strike me as a man who gets super worried. I don't know, you know what I mean? That that see, oh god, we're down by ten with uh, with eight minutes left in the third quarter. What am I going to ever do? Like not that not that other coaches or last year's staff came off that way. But let's be honest. There's something a little bit refreshing, I think, about the mentality of, eh, I don't, I'm not that worried about things coming into this. Yeah, I mean, one of the great things about Mark Whipple is what hasn't he seen? I mean, he's been in every part of the spectrum of the football factory for decades. Right. Like, I mean, this is what happens one of, with one of my people. favorite moments of the <laughs> entire year so far is when he basically outright laughed at the idea that Casey Thompson would feel pressure in a spring game. I mean, <laughs> yes, he, it's, no, that's exactly less, what I'm talking I mean, about. He, he's sort of, without really mocking the question, kind of mocked the question that a guy who played against Oklahoma in the Red River shootout or whatever we call it now, uh, it would be feeling pressure because there's 55,000 fans in a scrimmage. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 love I, that. Find, I love that, by the way. I find him really refreshing. One of the things he's hammered really hard this fall camp, and I, I think this is, you know, Brandon can speak to this. Uh, the mentality that he's trying to get across to his guys on the on the offensive side of the ball is you can't win this in the first quarter, on the first possession, the first series, any of that. But you could lose a game real quick. 
you got to win a game over time, but if you make a bunch of forced decisions early on in the contest because you want to try to impress people, you want to make this game bigger than it actually is, it's going to get away from you. Yeah. And I think that's something Nebraska's been guilty of for a while. You're, you're where saying you're what, trying exactly to what I was fight thinking. last yeah. season's battles. You're trying to fight 2019's battles. You're trying to fight 2007's battles. Right. You can't do it. You can only play your possession, your play at that time. And he has said that, whether we in the media have paid attention to it or not, he's basically said that from the moment fall camp has started, is that he wants his guys to basically make good decisions. That's all he's really focused on. The rest will come. He believes in his offense. He believes in the players. I I really feel that way. But in order for them to get where they want to go, you got to take all that other crap, throw it away, and focus on what's in front of your face. That is well said, and that's exactly why I have some optimism about some of those things, those mental gaps, those mental things changing. And I mean, we talked about Whipple. You probably throw Mickey Joseph in that. I mean, Mickey, yeah, well, he doesn't come in quaking in his boots about anything. Casey Thompson, the same way. Yeah, I mean, what you have is you have a bunch of guys that haven't been part of this whole like sadness right train. They don't you give know? a crap like, about. They don't give a crap about the curse. Mickey Joseph like doesn't. Do. He has his own things going on, but he didn't come here to basically be a footnote in what's been a bad period of Nebraska history. He came here because what he remembers about Nebraska football is where he wants to get this thing back to. I mean, it's not a... These guys didn't come here to revel in the the pessimism that everyone else seems to have. And I'm not trying to say that as any sort of offense to fans. I mean, you, you only experience what you experience. But there's a level of freshness around the program that has desperately needed... The problem is they have one year to get it to work. So you don't get a lot of stop start, you know, kind of thing. You kind of need it to work pretty early. So you've got to you got that in the back of your mind, but outwardly you have to present like, "Hey, we're not everything else that you remember of Nebraska football in recent history. This is its own thing. New quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new wide receiver coach, new offensive line coach, change up on the defensive schemes. Like it's different. When you watch on Saturday as a Nebraska fan, it's going to feel different. There's no number two coming out there to take the snap. Like that in itself is going to be different for people. uh, I I think that's a good thing. I really do. Yeah. Let's grab a break right now. We're up against it. Uh, We'll get Brendan's response to that. We'll get into some of the sound from this week, and we'll continue uh, to leave the mics on here on the Facebook feed. If you want to ask us questions or interact with us or hear what we say to each other. All right. We'll grab a break on the radio right now at 632 on KLIN. Hear the Huskers home and and rain for the weekend. Details of my 10-day Outlook today on Channel 8 News. I'm Storm Alert Team Chief Meteorologist John DeSauer. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back, Friday Husker Tailgate. I'm Jack Mitchell. Brennan Stein live from Ireland of Eva Field. Moving around of Eva Field right now, getting a little bit of a different angle on practice that's starting out there. Caleb Henry, our sports director, and Mike Schaefer. 24-7 Sports, the newest member, newest, oldest member of the team. Uh, glad to have them all together for you. And uh, we are streaming at Facebook.com slash 1400KLI. And if you'd like to watch us there, see Brendan's nice pictures from the stadium. You can hear us talk during the breaks and uh, participate in the broadcast that way. All right, Caleb. Uh, you have been busy getting us some sound for the show this week and some video that people can be watching. And well, so, when, when I had time this week. When you had time. It was a bit of a busy week in a lot of ways. But nonetheless, 
yes, uh, you, you still did it. And uh, we wanted to kind of just set up a little of the discussion that was going on this week within the program, within the media, uh, after practice, those sorts of things, uh, after arriving in Ireland. So what do you have for us this week, Caleb? Well, you got to start with the black shirts that were handed yes. out. Andrew talked about that on Wednesday. Yeah, they were hanging in their lockers uh, today when they got here. Uh, you know, and hopefully there'll be a few more. It's a couple guys that... Uh, you know, maybe just got here. We're we're kind of waiting to see how they operate in, the, in under the bright lights and when the live bullets are flying. A couple other guys are still uh, battling for some spots, but hopefully we'll get a few more shortly. But the guys uh, that got them, they they deserved it and they've uh, they've earned those black shirts right now. Uh, okay, number one, my first takeaway is I really want that hat that he has. Are those available? <laughs> just all I want is the a black hat with the the. Look, see, I'm wearing this one. Uh, if you're watching on the video, I bought this from Target. Okay, it's it pro- I don't know if they even like gave the okay to it from the athletic department. <laughs> okay, I want the one Shenanders. This co- Mike, this cost me like twelve bucks, and it looks kind of dumb. And I'm not, but it's the only one that I can it, find with uh, with the skull and crossbones it on it. Makes me think of how protective they are of the end that like people now associate with Netflix. Yes. apparently with neutral drivers over yes. in Ireland yes. or whatever it is. They had a, they had a neutral. I don't remember what it is. It's like did you say neutral? Yeah, I couldn't remember. It, it was a word that started with an N. Inex- New drivers, novice, novice drivers. They're they're neutral to learning. Uh, my, Mike, let me ask you. Uh, we're not going to we're not we're not going to debate the whole black shirts thing and what they do but I do I do wonder this when you heard who had gotten them were there any you know did that give you any any insight that you might not have had otherwise in terms of who's going to be getting playing time along the defense especially in the you know the secondary of the front yeah. floor um I I think the the ones that stood out I mean if people don't know it yet I think they will pretty early in the season Marquise Buford's going to be a guy for Nebraska I mean he's yeah, outside of Colton Feist uh, or Feast, he's probably the one where it's most people are like, "Well, who is this guy?" You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's someone Travis Fisher loves. I mean, he's he's going to be playing a ton out there at safety. I think he's going to be a special player over the next few years. So start with that, and then obviously, you know, with, with Colton, he's going to be right there next to Ty Robinson. I don't think people were prepared uh, for the idea that a walk on from UTAN was going to be. The next guy up behind Ty Robinson. Shout out Utan, uh, big following interior, there <laughs> as an interior defensive lineman. But that tells you he's really worked hard. I mean, I I know that Mike Dawson has really appreciated what he's kind of put in. Same with Eric Shenander. And so those two guys in specifics were the ones where you're like, okay. Uh-huh. These aren't names that are household yet, mm-hmm. and I think they will be by the end of the year. Where do you think there's still the most, you know, we're going to see the most rotation, maybe different guys uh, coming in and out and still kind of getting their shot at the beginning of the year along that defense? Honestly, you know, Brendan hit on it. They're loaded on the defensive end spot. I mean, he he touched on a guy that uh, I'm hoping to to sneak in late in the helmet sticker draft, and that's that's Blaze Gunnarsson. I'll, I'll, right. I'll put it on the board. Write I mean, it down right now. We'll we'll see how people want to go with it. But Blaze Gunnarsson's a real breakout candidate for me this year. I mean, he's a he's a guy that they're going to have to find reps for. You know, in between playing Caleb Tanner and Oshawn Mathis and Garrett Nelson, you got a guy in Blaze Gunnarsson that he's healthy. He had a hell of a fall camp. He had a couple monster scrimmages, and they they're going to have to get him on the field on Saturday. So that's a real uh, draft day move you're trying yeah. to make, right? Well, now. I'm you know I'm is, it, out there. is it a smoke screen? Is it real? Say, is this a false flag? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on the radio. I'm telling you for real. Blaze Gunnarsson's a guy I'm very excited about. <laughs> right. Jamari Butler too. I mean, they have five legitimate defensive end type players that they're excited about playing this year. Uh, so you're going to see some rotation there. 
everywhere else, they have some guys that they're excited about. We'll see how quickly they can kind of work into the mix. Safety, I think you're going to see some rotation with Omar Brown and Deshaun Singleton behind Miles Farmer and Marquise Buford. Okay, man. During the morning drive, I'm going to have a question. Just, like, tell me the new numbers I need to know because there's going to be a ton of them. I can't. I'm, I'm going to have to print out a roster. They keep changing them. Anthony oh, and Grant changing, is no longer 23. Oh, and not only is it new players, but they're changing the numbers yeah. of the new players. It's, well, I'm it's going to be, sad. Like, like I said, everything's going to feel different, look different. You're going to have to know different numbers. There's going to be a time where Casey Thompson passes to a wide receiver, and you're just like, I don't know who this I, is. I'm literally, this is, you think it's fun. If I had a media guide, I don't have one. If you guys have one that you can, although that's probably outdated with the numbers by now, <laughs> I'm going to have to print off. Well, you've got one, Anthony Grant won't be where you find him in the media. I'm going to print this off. I want a physical copy uh, right next to me when I'm watching this game. Uh, Brandon, anything you want to add on, on, the, uh, on the black shirts and kind of the names that you saw along there and what to make out of all that? You know, I would say for me, it's feast. It's a great example of what Nebraska really stands for. Walk on guy, you know, takes his lumps, does everything he's asked to do, and it's a black shirt. You know, and so you know, it's a really it's a it's a credit to the system uh, that Nebraska has now. Uh, you know, and I think uh, with Duvall and Dave Ellis and everybody over there that is involved with developing these guys, um, we want more of those guys. So yeah, I was really happy to see him. I think he's going to be kind of the, you know, the 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 story that we watch all year long and the plays that he makes. Uh, you know, being the leverage that he has, six two. You know, what is he? Three hundred pounds. I don't even know. Two ninety. Um, you know, those those guys are hard to block, and especially if he's quick. Um, so look for him to be disruptive for sure. All right, very good, Caleb. Anything you want to add there? You want to move on? No, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, it, it, it's the black shirts. There's nine of them. You expect that there's going to be a couple more. Um, something that I don't have pulled up over here, but Janander said, just because you're a starter doesn't mean you get a black shirt. You have to prove that you need to be out there for for your time at Nebraska. So that's why you're not seeing the transfers. Right. That are yeah, very likely that's starters. That's what I love about it. They're just not being anointed. Um, yeah, you, you're here. You've done some great things in spring and in fall, but you know, proof is out on the field when the Bulls are for real. I, I love it. All right. There you go. By the way, uh, let's see. Last year, Nebraska sacked 20 sacks last year. Uh, 20 sacks. Let's hope we can you know, maybe get closer to what? 30 this year. That'd be good, uh, if possible. 20 wasn't bad, actually, from where they had been in previous years, but nonetheless. Uh, all right, Caleb, what else do you have for us? Uh, Casey Thompson was asked what he knew about Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern is a 40-down front, uh, also known as even. That's their main front. Um, number 99, is, I think, is their best defensive lineman. He's really good, has a really good motor. Um, they have a couple of transfers, um, and uh, they had one transfer from Stanford. You know, the inter- two interior D linemen are transfers, and then uh, they lost the safety, number 16. I think his name was Newsom, uh, transferred to uh, Notre Dame. Um, so they got a new starter back there at safety, but um, they have some, some good players in the back end, but they're pro- predominantly four down front. Uh, they play cover four, um, and they rotate a little bit. They mix up, and they'll go one high. They'll go zone and man. Uh, they, they bring pressure occasionally. There's certain situations they like to bring pressure. Um, still studying the red zone defense. I'm still studying you know, certain situations and formations, but we have a pretty good idea and game plan so far. Um, we used kind of this last week of training camp to prepare and put a good game plan together. So uh, today's Sunday, and I feel very confident. 
confident that we have a great game plan already going in uh, to Ireland before we get on the flight. Um, but I would say 99, uh, their defense lineman definitely stands out on film. And then number 11, uh, he played corner last year, the defensive back. Uh, I would say he probably has the best speed over there. I think he was a 10-6, 100-meter track guy, so he has good speed on the outside. So um, I think they have good talent, and it's a good defense, and uh, I'm excited to line up against him. All right, Mike. I Casey's wanna... breaking down their high school track career. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I want to ask you this, and there's legitimately no agenda to this, but you've you've interviewed players, tons and tons of players. I saw that, and right away, I was just excited. I don't know why. I was just excited to to hear him, you know, kind of talk somewhat dispassionately about that, just based on knowledge. Maybe that's the norm. Maybe the players do that all the time. I don't know. Um, but you you've got more experience talking to players like that. Was that the norm? Uh, that's not the norm. I would love to put up a clip of like Bo Pelina, uh, Bo Pelini circa 2011 being asked about any team, followed by. It's a good football team. <laughs> Ask about the quarterback. He's a good football player. So, you know, sometimes you're going to get answers. Sometimes you're not. I mean, Casey definitely went into it there. And, uh, you know, the whole time, even re-listening to this clip now, I was standing there and it was, it felt like I had like a high school teacher over my shoulder that was just whispering, show your work. Show your work. <laughs> and then clearly, I mean... Casey Thompson's showing his work a little bit. Like he, and that's kind of the thing sometimes. These guys watch so much film. Brendan can obviously speak to this, too. They watch so much. Like You have to internalize, and you have to acknowledge these things. And when you do get the opportunity to, to sort of regurgitate it a little bit, you can run. And, and Casey Thompson certainly did there. I would have liked some actual high school stats, maybe some of the other sports that these guys played. Besides track, yeah, 3.2 assists per game in basketball. Basketball in high school, and you know, he went to Westlake High School out in California, <laughs> and he actually played water polo. <laughs> Could not throw a changeup to save his life. Home though. of the Bulldogs, <laughs> Brendan. Anything to add to that? <laughs> no, I, you know, I mean, when you you listen to Casey Thompson talk, uh, he he carries himself with professionalism, yeah. and you know, like Mike was talking about, these guys. Uh, looking forward. You know, to if you're not spending, if you're not spending enough time in, uh, in the film concern, room, you're, just you're behind. And so time, having a great understanding of your opponent, thinking a lot uh, about it, it's important. And not only do they know who Northwestern is, but I guarantee you, because it's a short week coming back, they've got quite a bit of knowledge on North Dakota. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe I'm just finding something I want, but there was just, I don't know, there was something comforting the way that he, he sort of was, was, you know, calm and collected in facts. And I guess that's what I'm hoping for is just n- n- not a team is whose characteristics, whose leaders, whose coaches are just too overly excitable in the moment, especially when things get bad and they're based on, they're confident in their own preparation and they're confident. And that's kind of what he's exuded so far. I know I'm reading too much into it, but I don't care. Uh, at this point, so I'm gonna. I mean, that's my quarterback right now. That's all. That's it. That's all I'm saying about that. Uh, all right, Caleb, do you have a little Scott Frost for us here? Um, I was going to. We're having some difficulty over here. All right. For it, so. All right. There you go. What did Scott Frost say? Um, well, he's looking forward to seeing what else he can do. On well, here, clip finally pulled up for us. So all right. We'll just let uh, let Scott tell you himself. Okay. Maybe. Uh, looking forward to no, I'd say it, it's more uh, concern. It's just something I haven't done for a long time. But he's not doing I've play already calling. 
thinking a lot about oh, yeah. the the other things that I can add uh, if I don't have my head buried in a call sheet. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be a different experience for me, but everybody else is going to be doing exactly what they've always done and what they're good at. So uh, I'm going to trust that and try to help where I can with more than one face. I mean, let's be honest, he still doesn't seem that happy about it. He still really doesn't. Even though he talked a little bit about the his ability to kind of get more into the special teams discussions, the the defensive discussions and those sorts of things, and I think that'll be a good thing. I really Well, he do. answered a question a couple minutes after that on how since he won't have to be worrying about the next play call, he can watch some of the defense to help yeah. out. He can watch some of Nebraska's defense where what Northwestern's offense is doing, and he can help out uh, Chenander with some stuff. I'm kind so of there, interested there's a lot he, more he can well, contribute now. You know what? I, I tell you what, I think where he's going to really help is special teams. Mm. You know, because Scott's got a, a background of being a special team player in, in, in the NFL. Yep. And so I think, you know, what I'm noticing with Scott right now is he's – He's in this uh, different uh, kind of paradigm. It's just much more relaxed. And I can tell you, you know, in, in practices, uh, there are there have been moments in certain stations where Scott will take over and, and, and call some plays. He doesn't necessarily want to step completely out of it. And so he's he's trying to make sure he doesn't lose kind of that sharpness is getting a feel and having your mojo of being a play caller, understanding, you know, the components, um, you know, in and out of every play. But having him step back is really, I think, has put his mindset in a different place. It just seems like, I don't know about you guys, but it, it really feels uh, like we've got a different Coach Frost. Uh, yeah. he's, he's wearing that CEO hat now. All right. We'll see. We will see. All right. We got can, you guys, can you guys see where I'm at? Yeah, we can. So, you look like yeah, you're in jail. So this, is, this is the other side. This is the other side of the stadium. This is where the rugby team practices. So they're out there practicing right now. It's kind of hard because there's a mesh there, but yeah, kind of see it. Very good. No, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble. Like a, a yellow-shirted <laughs> fan host is going to come by and take me by the elbow and be like, "You don't belong here." <laughs> I know, right? Let's right. see. Him, let's see him do that to Brendan. Uh, all right, that's why. That's why he's on our team. All right, we'll take a break at six fifty-one. This is a Friday Husker tailgate. Uh, we'll continue on the- for the weekend. Details of my ten-day outlook today on Channel Eight News. I'm Storm Alert Team Chief Meteorologist John DeSauer. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. I don't know, Caleb and Mike, we've been in radio combined a long time together. This has got to be the first time I've done a show with a dude just walking through the bowels of a football stadium in Ireland. Just getting that's what's the, happening right now. Getting the POV of the elevator. <laughs> elevator. Now he looks like he's up in some suite. Uh, Brandon, do you have like some all-access pass that just gets you wherever you want? No, he's, oh, he's, 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 he's talking. talking to, he's probably talking to security right now. They're like, who are you? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, can you, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Are you getting arrested right now? This Sergeant Conrad, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Everybody back in the station, Thank how you, you doing? They're they're worried that I'm going to get busted. Now I can guarantee you, just as I'm talking to them here, I'm not going to I'm not going to film practice or anything like that. But uh, our fans are they're like going crazy right now, Facebook Live, just to see these guys, you know, getting ready here. Hey, so, Sergeant anyhow. Conrad, good morning from Nebraska. Hello, everybody. Good morning from Thanks. Nebraska. Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Enjoy the game. All right, great. All right, guys. Back. Big, Let's go at it. What do you got? Big fan of Sergeant Conrad. Oh, Brandon, we only have like a, like a couple of minutes here, real quick. But just uh, you know, tell us about just prep wise. What are you doing on a Friday? What are you? What will they be doing right now? Has it? Is that change at all? Because you're in Ireland right now. 
No, it's it's pretty much the same. The, the only thing that's different uh, this week, really two things. Uh, one, they didn't have pads on all week. So they got a, a, the good majority of their hard work in through fall camp. Um, obviously, a lot of time to prepare for one team. Really two weeks uh, when camp ended, uh, they've been prepping for Northwestern. So when they got over here, got off the plane immediately, did like a little uh, fast Friday, if you will. And, you know, like everybody else, you get that jet lag. So I thought it was important for them to come over, shake their legs out. Next day, they had a great practice. Um, but really the formula now, I think a lot of uh, college football is leaning this way, is to not do three heavy days, not necessarily heavy, but heavy in the sense that uh, you're running hard, you're running hard routes, um, you know, you're going through the drills as an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, backing off of that. So essentially your Fridays now, your fast Fridays are now on your Thursday. They come out in tennis shoes. Um, they go through mistakes. Uh, and then on your Friday, it's ramped up a little bit more. So now you have your gear on as far as your shoes, your cleats. Today they're not wearing helmets, but uh, typically they've been wearing helmets. But yeah, so... Guys got a lot of energy. I, I, if you guys can see, uh, yeah. we're just starting practice now. Um, this actually, this field right here is practice field for the rugby team that plays here at Erlingus uh, Viva. So okay. yeah, very good. Thank you. They should call uh, since Fast Fridays are now Thursdays. They could call them Speedy Thursdays. <laughs> I'm gonna need Thursday. you to well, Over here, right. Thursday. Gonna need you to never make a suggestion again. Speedy Thursday. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Mike just shaking his head. First hour in on the show, and he regrets every decision he's just made. No, uh, uh, you can say it. It's fine. I just All have right. to prepare myself every now and then. There's gonna be a comment directly to my right, and I'm just gonna have to try to have no reaction whatsoever. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. All right, hey, coming up during the next hour, story time with Sty. I don't know where we're going to go with this. He's played internationally in... Slows you down. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 at the sideline. Rocks out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, and former Husker National Champion, Brendan Stein. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics, on 1499.3 KLIN. It's not bedtime, but we're pretty sure this guy's put some people to sleep. Cuddle up to your radio and settle in. It's time for story time with Sty. It's brought to you by our friends at Exchange Bank, the award-winning story time with Sty. And this is, guys, this is a radio and Facebook streaming experience that I've never had. And I'm pretty sure you have never had it, may never have it again. We get story time with Sty today while he is literally wandering around Aviva Stadium in Ireland, taking us with him 
right now. Brendan, where are you right now in the bowels of Aviva Stadium as we speak? All right, so I'm I'm on the fourth level, and I believe it is the the west side. I don't know, east west here. Um, it's but yeah, there. so looking it's, at it's the bar, the Guinness bar, we, you know, we we're kind of talking about as a tourist, you know, man, Guinness is a real thing over here. It's about all they drink, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Um, these are the suites. Uh, this is where I will be tomorrow Ooh. with some donors. Ooh. And uh, they, they actually have a, a really nice package set up for a lot of fans, uh, multiple levels of tickets. Obviously, you could buy a suite, but it's kind of a sneak peek. Right. Very nice. These will be uh, outfitted with all you can drink, all you can eat. They'll change the food out three times during the game. It's like, holy cow, almost uh, an indulgence, uh, overindulgence, if you will. And and here's kind of, you know, the sweet area, you know, nothing's partitioned off. So you can kind of, you know, intermingle with other people and other suites. Uh, But yeah, this is position A. This is, if you guys are familiar um, over here, uh, the Naughton family is a big, big time family, and they're affiliated with Northwestern. Um, they're really close with the Ryan family as well. So, but this is their suite. So, oh, good. All right, very nice. I mean, don't I mean, don't don't spray paint the walls or anything, but do something. I mean, I think I, would, <laughs> I just mean you go get that. You go get that dough tomorrow, Brendan. All right, you go get it for the university <laughs> athletic will. department. You get that. You dough. Got it. Um, let me ask you this. You've been on international trips, both with Nebraska going to Tokyo. And as you mentioned, you played in Ireland when you were with the Steelers, right? In a, in a preseason game. Uh, I'm just curious. How does, how does what you're seeing that the team's going through that they're doing that the whole thing is like, how is that, uh, compare with, with your experience having done this as a player? Well, I Ireland for me was, uh, was pretty cool. Uh, you know, the thing about uh, when you travel NFL, uh, there's no, uh, no expense spared. So you're traveling at an elite level. You're staying at a very nice hotel. The food that you eat is second to none. Uh, my experience over here in 98, we played, I'll tell you a quick story. This, this is unbelievable. We played at a, uh, a pitch called Croke Park. Uh, so soccer pitch, one of the older soccer pitches here in Dublin area. Um, but there was a package uh, that, you know, people could travel with the Steelers, go to the game, come back. And so we played a game. We win. <laughs> it, was a, it was a terrible game. Both sides of the ball it was just ugly, sloppy. It was rainy. Um, but we get to the airport to go back home. And we're sitting around the airport waiting to get on the plane. And an hour turns into two hours. And finally, somebody tells us, uh, evidently, there was a gentleman in our, in our group, along with the package, who had a heart attack so essentially he croaked oh. at croak park oh, and uh it's like what the hell so we were actually waiting for him and his body to get processed to be underneath the plane as we were flying back to the states but uh, yeah it was it was a it was a neat experience um i didn't get to experience a lot of the countryside which i've done since i've been here this time around um but uh you know again i i can't uh you know, tell you guys enough how, how nice the people are, how engaging they are. Um, and, you know, I mean, walking around, you're going to find some knuckleheads. I haven't found one, and it's just been a great time overall. Very good. How about uh, uh, how does this compare to what uh, being a player when you went to Tokyo in 92? Oh, Tokyo. Tokyo was completely different. So I did two experiences in, in Tokyo, uh, one at the pro level and then, of course, in 92 with the Coca-Cola Bowl. Um, you got to remember back then we had about 175 players. It was just crazy. All the, the entire 
Kansas State team, our team, both cheerleaders, okay, both cheerleading groups, all administration, media, everybody went over on one plane. And back then, they didn't really know how to manage uh, the whole uh, sleeping situation. And so it was it was just kind of this hodgepodge of things going on on the plane. People were gambling. And matter of fact, the seat I was in, there was a massive uh, in-between game, if you know what that game is. Yes. Also and known as AC the, uh, Ducey. The pot got up to like 10000 bucks. It was nuts. And so that lasted like four hours. So nobody really slept on the plane going over. So everybody's kind of screwed up. And we got back. Um, I was sick for a week. A lot of guys got sick. And then my experience in the NFL was completely opposite. Um, Knew how to manage the sleep, melatonin, Tylenol PM. You know, that was uh, very respectful. A lot of people, you know, just kind of didn't get up. Um, You know, they turned the lights down. You went to sleep. But overall... Uh, you know, the experience from college was uh, quite memorable, uh, being over in Tokyo, uh, being with the players, being young like we were, uh, doing what young people do. Um, there's an area called Rapungi in Tokyo, downtown Tokyo, uh, that was uh, frequented by a lot of players. And uh, there was a little bit of trouble. Some guys got in, but it wasn't that we started anything. Um, there Just was one incident it. where um, <laughs> a couple of players were in an elevator. And uh, there, we there go. was a WWF guy back in the day in Japan. It was big over there, pride fighting. That's really what UFC is now. Um, this guy ended up uh, throwing out some racial slurs to the two players in the elevator. And they didn't like it. So they gave it back to him. And he ended up starting to beat him up. Well, the elevator opens up. And there's another Cornhusker standing there, a very well-known Cornhusker. I won't mention any names. And uh, he just uh, loads up and knocks this guy out. So the next day, the next morning, and of course, that guy comes out of the elevator after he comes to, and he's just wanting to kill everybody. And I was right there in the bar when it all happened. The next day, those two players showed up. They had glasses on in the morning because their eyes were all swollen. So, you know, Coach Osborne obviously wasn't very happy about that. And he put the put the curfew bomb on us and but it was a it was a ton of fun uh again having the ability like these guys right now uh to get overseas experience a different culture um you know there's there's a time and place for everything and i think uh, these guys have managed it well over here you made it sound like the 80s bulls <laughs> i mean yeah. i mean let's be honest there the, i feel like there's just not that much excitement going around going on around the team this time around i hope not frankly brennan no, no, it's, uh, you know, they're uh, actually a very mature team. And I think Scott spoke to that, um, which is, is impressive. You get a mature team that knows how to handle any situation that bodes for success. I, uh, I found some pictures of your game in Ireland with the Steelers, 1997. Uh, the Bears had, oh, yeah? Bears had Rick Myrer as their quarterback. Remember him from yep. Notre Dame? Sure. Uh, yeah. it's Flan- weird. They had Flanagan, D-Tackle. Trying to think of the nose guard that they had, um, dude from Notre Dame. Both Flanagan and him were from Notre Dame. It's it's uh, he was kind of a popular player back then. It's weird because it looks like half the stadium had no one in it whatsoever, and then the other half looks kind of full. And it looks like it's like not fully yeah. built either. Uh, there's a, there's yeah, you know, and that's the other thing here. You know, this this place holds fifty two thousand something like that. Um, we're going to get really close. Um, the last number I heard was uh, we're upwards of 40, 41,000 people coming to this game. And so I've been going around town, just, you know, all the locals here, you know, they don't have a clue about Mary. They do, but they don't really kind of, they don't get it. You know, they're like, really American football. That's, that's a, that's a child's game. You know, rugby is the game to play. I mean, if you're a man, you play rugby. Okay. I get it. Uh, 
but uh, been trying to kind of you know spread the rumor, you know, obviously selling the brand, getting them to come to the game. So it'll be interesting to see what this one's like. The the one that I experienced, it was just crappy weather. Uh, not a lot of people came out. Uh, we didn't have a huge travel party, you know, like Nebraska does very well. Uh, we travel very well as a fan base. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of red here. I know that. Uh, the the Tokyo game, for those who don't know, that was at the end of the season, not at the beginning of the season. So that was a little different. Correct. I remember, yep, Brendan, correct. because I was laying in my bed at home in East Lincoln with the clock radio under my pillow, listening to Kent Pavelka call the game and hoping Nebraska would hang on, uh, which they did. They did. You guys won pretty easily. I, what was? What do you remember about the crowd? I, that'll be, I think, a very yeah. different situation. But what do you remember about the crowd at that game? Well, it's weird. You know, Calvin Jones carrying the football um, has a big run. The crowd, and it was mostly Japanese people. Uh, the crowd wouldn't cheer for that. But if Calvin ran out of bounds and jumped over a Gatorade, uh, you know, jug or whatever, all of a sudden they'd freak out. It was just weird <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> it's like sideshow circus. They they have way more entertainment. They, you know, football is an interesting game. It's like anything, right? If you don't watch it, you don't know anything about it. It can be very confusing. Um, you know, I still talk to mostly ladies nowadays. You know, I mean, I think they're getting better and better. But, um, you know, you start talking football with some people in the United States. and They're like, I don't really understand. It. It's like, how could you not understand it? Totally understand from being a, you know, a foreigner or a different country watching a game when it's in your backyard, not understanding the game. But I think, um, you know, the fans here in Ireland, they like violence, you know, uh, rugby, there's a lot of violence, but it's, you know, it's controlled violence. Uh, if, you know, they don't, they don't lead with their head, you know, the whole uh, rugby style of tackling. Um, there's something to be said about that. And, but uh, the fans, they get rowdy over here. I know that. Did you ever plan a pickup rugby game anywhere along the way? I did. I did. Actually, Bart Furrow and I, um, back in the day, uh, when he was done, he signed up for the rugby team. And he said, hey, man, you should come out and, and just uh, run around a little bit and practice with us because we need some meat out there. And I did it one time, and that was the last time. I'll never do it again. Wait, why? Uh, it's, You're it's, a tough it's unbridled guy. Because guys are flying around at your legs. They're trying to take you out, and you really don't know where it's coming from. And, you know, the rules of the game are, you know, a little confusing. So I was just, my head was spinning. Uh, I, I definitely appreciated the sport. Very nice. Well, I'm curious. The NFL is obviously, re- I mean, there's what, two, three games in Europe every year in the NFL. They're obviously trying to market the game in in London, especially, but, but throughout Europe. Is it, I don't know, do are you surprised with sort of that focus there? Do you think it's paying dividends with the game, and especially as you're there now with the with the college game there? I don't. I don't necessarily think so. Soccer is the game over here. Um, you know, you're going to have a strong contingency of Americans in Europe uh, that would probably help. You know, try to build the uh, the brand. Uh, I just. I don't know really where that's going. I've never uh, looked at the numbers. Um, certainly television, uh, you know, you're not going to lose your base there, especially fan base if it's broadcasting from overseas. But, you know, it, it, improving the brand, you you do see uh, in certain areas, especially back like when they had World League, that was kind of the, the B team for, for the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, you know, there was, a, there was a good following over there. And there is European football. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's European pro football. Really? Uh, I play. I have played with quite a few guys uh, actually that came from like Germany, uh, Amsterdam. Um, even when we went to Tokyo, it was kind of cool uh, in the NFL when we played the uh, we played the Chargers. 
we had a kid that was a Japanese pro football player. And it was mind boggling because when we went over in 90, what was it? 92, they were just starting to play football and you'd drive by uh, a football practice field. It was all dirt, you know? And then when we got over there with the NFL, it had changed uh, because the, you know, the American football brand had grown so much. Um, so one guy from the team over in Tokyo actually was an honorary captain for us and, uh, they let him play in the game. So he was on kickoff, kickoff return. Really? I don't remember that. Yeah. There ha- yeah. I mean, wow. Nebraska's had some international players over the years. Like I'm, yeah. I'm thinking back. I remember. Uh, I don't know if Brett this was Popplewell. Brett Popplewell from Australia because there was a yep. huge article that like Ken Hamilton or someone did about whether or not he anyone else in Nebraska would like Vegemite <laughs> because Brett Popplewell <laughs> liked it. Ooh, that stuff's nasty. You had, you had Brett Popplewell. Yeah. You had let's see. You you've had a you had Patrick Cabongo and yeah guys from Canada, yeah. but that's kind of America, you know, sort of. It's uh-huh. North America at least. America light. Uh, no, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah. You know, oh, and, and Nor- guys Nori Canada. came over from Germany, of course. You you talked about him earlier as well, um, but he spent some time here. So I, it's always interesting to see how those international type players translate over uh, over to the whole thing. Uh, all right, Brandon, very good. Uh, now, now let's do, to finish off story time. Uh, give me the difference between an Irish pub. I assume you've been to a couple since you've been there, and like an American bar. What is the biggest difference? Um, I would just say, uh, the music really, uh, the one bar that we went to is called Donahue's. It looked just like the rail back in the day. Uh, they even had a beer garden and it smelled just like the rail. I don't, like a uh, I'm not sure they want that kind of marketing right now, Brandon. <laughs> right. So I would say, you know, pretty much, uh, it has kind of a Nashville feel to it because there's a lot of live performers versus you know dj and i haven't been to really a club uh, if you will it's just more kind of sports bar type of atmosphere uh, but i can tell you this doesn't give that it really doesn't matter what day of the week it is monday saturday it's, it's almost like a daily ritual these people drink they drink heavy and on tuesday night i mean here we were it's like 11 30 at night and i could have you know, I could have swore probably half a dozen people looked like they uh, you were going to pass out. They were so drunk. But yet they, they go home, they get up, they go to work, and they do it over again. And so every day here, uh, the pub scene is is uh, pretty steady. Interesting. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's yeah. – uh, I don't know what to exactly say about that. It's, but almost, it's almost a lifestyle. They you make know, it Drinking work. Guinness um, and drinking uh, Jameson whiskey, there's certainly a lot more brands. Um, but the, those are the two staples here in Dublin. Let me let me ask you this just a little bit more insight about your, your you were showing us the suite, uh, you know that you're in, and, and I'm curious because for me, I am bad at watching football with uh, outside of about eight people in the world. I'm bad at watching right. football with them. I'm not pleasant to them. I wouldn't say I'm not a I'm not like a fun guy to be around at your party. Uh, you don't want me there. All of those sorts of things. You describing watch parties or radio shows? <laughs> actual games. Oh. Actual <laughs> games. I have a select crowd of people that I can deal with, and another that I'm not. I'm just, and it's. I'm not saying it's for the for the best. It's it's true, but. You watch the games. You're, you know, you're interested. You're vested interest. But you got to do your job and like mingle with people. I could not do that, Brendan. How, how, how are you able to do that? Have you just had to sort of calm yourself? Maybe you just have a calm demeanor during games anyway, and it doesn't matter. Well, you know, you've got to be 
uh, obviously cognizant of, of people right. um, watching the game. Sweets for me, I don't necessarily like bugging people uh, during the game. If I do anything, walking around and talking with people, it's going to be pregame tailgates. Uh, and then a sweet, I'll, I'll, I might pop in at a halftime. Um, you know, but it's interesting because a lot of people want to sit there and watch a game with me and talk about scheme and what's going on. And so, okay. you know, there's certain certain people uh, that enjoy it. Uh, uh, Coach Osborne does not. He he wants to watch the game, right? Yeah. So you know, he actually has uh, instructions for if we're going to bring in a former player or somebody wants to meet Coach Osborne that's from out of town. Um, you know, he'll, he'll meet with them before the game, but when the ball's kicked, uh, he's sitting up in the North end zone and he's watching the game. Like he's a coach. I want the, um, I want the I coach Osborne. Like well, I want know? the coach Osborne role for my life. Whatever he, I'm going to have to talk to him about drafting some kind of a statement, uh, about watching games with me. I want the same rules he gets. That's that. That's me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's fair. You know, I mean, you, you're there for a reason. Some people are there to just party. So you kind of get a feel, you know, on, who you're dealing with, uh, reading the room. But uh, for the most part, Nebraska fans are, are educated. They want to concentrate on the game. Um, some people can't stand being in a suite. Um, people that own suites own other tickets outside of that and sit on the balcony uh, just be- for that reason alone. They don't want to be bothered. They want to make sure that they're they're staying in touch and in tune with the game. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> Get the yeah, sweet, but I'm not going to raise it, right? Uh, have you seen the concession stands there for like the public at the game? Do we have any? Do you know if there's any like really weird items or anything super European on it? I haven't. Uh, I'll have to check that out here. Maybe our next okay. segment. All right. So, yeah. See if you can. See if you can. What was it, like fish and chips? I know I they. Just found, all I found was Guinness. So really, that's all that matters. <laughs> he found Guinness and stopped looking. I, I feel like Guinness. Hold on, that's my food. It's liquid food. It's bread. I, I don't. Yeah, that's the thing about Guinness is I can't imagine pounding like eight Guinnesses throughout the course of the night because, like Caleb said, it's like oh god, no. it's like eating no. bread. It's not a it's not a post lawn mowing beer, so yeah, to speak. No, and it'll knock you on your keister. Um, you know, I think there's, gosh, somebody told me this the other day. It's like eleven hundred calories or something in one pint or something. They're very filling. Uh, the the right. one thing that they don't feel like, like when you normally drink a beer out of a can or a bottle, uh, if you don't pour it into a glass, you're going to have that carbonation in there. And so, you know, the Guinness here, you know, is all served in a pint. So you don't really feel full, but it's heavy. And. Uh-oh. Uh, he, got, he got muted there a little bit. I, uh, okay, by the way, Guinness, this says Guinness has 125 calories, and also ranging from 4.1 to 4.3 ABV, that's a, that's a like a relatively low ABV for a beer, isn't it, yeah. for the most part? Well, okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Well, ABVs range from 3.5 to 4 in the States. Um, you know, so, you know, when you start tipping the scale over 6% with a beer, you're doing well. All right. When you get into the craft beers, that's when the ABV jumps. All mm-hmm. right. That's All when right. you get weird. All right. <laughs> well, that's before you yeah, get weird. Get weird. Get a, a bud heavy is five percent. Just by the way, if you're okay, if you're so. It's, What's it's a banquet? A, uh let me let me find out. <laughs> Let's see. A banquet would be also five. I did not know that. Yeah, I would have guessed it was like four. <laughs> that changes everything for you. Not really? What? No. Okay. Never mind. I, I feel guess like you doesn't. should do a podcast on this. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I can get a, a good sponsorship with the uh, 
the Miller Coors people. Perhaps we can do that. Every time Brendan says Guinness, I'm just mentally adding to my list when I go to IV after this show. I'm just going to go get some Guinness to have for the game. I kind of want to do that, too, but here's a question. You get cans, not bottles, if you're buying it in the grocery store. Right? Is that right? Brandon, do you right. know what the answer to that and is? I think there's like a nitrous thing in it um, that you share. I don't know. Something, something weird. Also, there's cans. like different. There's Guinness draft and there's mm-hmm. get, there's it, it looks like it says drought. And I've learned that don't pronounce Irish words like that. I think it's pronounced draft, but there's different kinds. I don't know what the real one is. Even this happens every St. Patrick's Day. I I I'll investigate this. Please. This is more likely than the than the banquet podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're it's really dark. With a foamy head. Yeah. All right. That's what I know. Guinness. All right. Let's just, let's take a break. We are going to count it down with our morning drive uh, for football season for the Nebraska Northwestern game. That's coming up and it's brought to you by Stonebridge well, Insurance and Wealth Management. That's later in the uh, Yeah, that's not what the rundown the says. Hour. It says right. we're going to do our uh, helmet stickers draft next. Our helmet stickers draft is next. That's coming up right after this. Let's call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate, brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedic on 1499.3 KLIN. So every game, we will look back at that game, and no matter what happens in it, win, loss, or otherwise, we are going to identify the players that stood out. We give them their, their due credit, and the way that we do that is by giving them virtual helmet stickers. Now, Nebraska doesn't actually have... Helmet stickers, one of the few universities. And by the way, I'm glad, to be honest, the the Ohio State thing and putting stickers all over it. I don't know. It just feels like a kid's homework or something. So I'm fine with Nebraska not having them. But we do award virtual ones on this show. Now, there's no game that we're coming off of right now, so there's nothing to give out. And we're not, I, we're not giving them out for practice. But instead, what we do at the beginning of the year is we go through because we keep a running count on who is our helmet sticker champ for the year. And so uh, the first week, what we do is we pick basically fantasy teams of players, and we try and predict who is going to have the most helmet stickers. We try to put together a team that has the most helmet stickers at the end, which we kind of control, so it's a little weird way to do it, but nonetheless, don't think about that. So uh, we are going to do our helmet sticker draft. We got four people, uh, Mike Schaefer joining us now, uh, Brennan Stiles in Ireland, Caleb Henry and myself here, and uh, we're all going to make our picks for helmet stickers, and we're going to snake the draft, and so Mike Schaefer, you get the first pick this year. Who do you think, this? you are in the catbird seat here. Who do yeah. you, th- who do you think uh, is going to have the most helmet stickers this year? I was lamenting off air, it's a tough year to have the number one pick, because there's so many different options you can go with, because there's so much newness, and you don't have the reliable, dependable quarterback or running back or whoever on the offensive side of the ball. That you go with. So when that's the case, you have to flip it over to the defense. Oh, no, you're going to do it right away? And you have to find a guy that's going to be equally as good, giving you salacious great quotes as he is destroying quarterbacks and running backs. Give me Garrett Nelson, number one overall. He took my pick. He took my pick. Oh, like Garrett you thought Nelson Garrett over. Nelson was going to get to you I at thought four? Maybe I don't know. I don't. I've seen Mike mess up drafts before other places, so it could. <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell. Just dropping, you know. <laughs> uh, ball. All right, Caleb. Who Casey you, Thompson. Okay, so you're taking Casey Thompson. All right. Do we lose Sty in Ireland? We Is did. Gone. Oh, I get it. I get a pick in this spot. Then I think we just give him the best offensive lineman. <laughs> Best offensive lineman, which is we don't know yet. Corcoran. Uh, Do we just give him the offensive line? I actually wouldn't hate that. All right, you know what? Since he, yeah, he gets 
Because well, here's the thing. He's the one who usually gives game balls out, or uh, or I should say helmet stickers out to the offensive line. Uh, all right. Well, we're going we're gonna to keep going, even if he's not here. Maybe he jumps in and he can make up. That leaves me. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. What do I do with this? Pick? So we're, we're officially the offensive line. No offensive lineman can be drafted. No, no offensive we're, we're giving line. him the offensive line at this point. Uh, why don't you give me... Uh, Oh, man, I, I don't want to go running back because who knows, right? I mean, I think I know who I would pick, but you know what? You know what? Give me Trey Palmer. Okay. Give me Trey Palmer. Going with an explosive playmaker. And you know what? I'm, I am just going to embrace the newcomer theme, okay? That's what the season about Trey is about. Palmer won. Newcomers, new guy. Give me Trey Palmer. Give me O'Shawn Mathis. All right, look at that. Hey, look at me buying into the hype right off there the bat. There you go. Just buying into the the hype on Mike's message boards. Jack Book transfer line portal only that's Mitchell. Right. That's, that's exactly right. Jack TP Mitchell. All right. Uh, who are we giving Brandon then? He uh, since we're snaking around. Uh, Does he see. get Bleak Road? <laughs> yep. All right. <laughs> I mean, look if if Timmy Bleak Road knocks down some kicks. He's going to get a helmet sticker. He needs, uh, let's see, he'll he'll probably take some defensive guy. Uh, he he he'll do a D-line. Go, go, maybe he go Reimer or... Robinson. Or, or Robinson. Henry. I think he'd Henrich. do Ty Robinson, honestly. All right, we'll he'll get, do a middle guy. All right, whatever. We decided he gets Ty Robinson. Look, this is what happens when you don't get your internet connection ready. You get whatever we want you to have. Uh, okay, Caleb, who do you want? Um, I'll stick with the offense. I will go with uh, Anthony Grant. There it is, second rounder. Value got pick, the quarterback, value got the pick. Back. Look at he's building an actual fantasy roster. Wow! I, so here's where it <laughs> always gets a little weird. Do I go? Do I go with like an exciting newcomer? Do I go with an established player? Do I just go with very obviously Luke Reimer, who might be the best player on the team? Wow! I, I think I go Luke Reimer, right? So Luke Reimer. And then now the problem is I just want to keep picking defensive players because those guys are all out there. And there's a couple that I really like. And we're just going to have to go with Quentin Newsom. Ooh. Defensive Ooh. backfield. Yeah. I think he's really good. You got to put up some stats to get a helmet sticker. You got to get some picks, right? You get a pick. You get a bunch of tackles. Right. You get a cornerback blitz off the off the edge. Okay. We're going Quentin Newsom. All right. Oh, do I just keep stacking offensive players? Because mm. that means I'm going to be dependent on the offense playing well. Oh, hold on, we got Sty back. I think. Well, that's it's not. That's fine. It's not his pick. Yeah, that, yeah, we're here, Sty. Well, we'll get to you in a minute. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just hang on for a second, will you? <laughs> um, I'll go Travis Vokalek. Oh, uh, that was, that's a good, that was a good that's one. That's a value pick. That was a good one. That's a value pick right there. Oh, the um, the number of mock drafts I did coming into this. One. Oh wow! All right, hey, uh, since you don't know where on the internet you were able to do that, but uh, is Brendan next? I lost the order here. Is Brendan? Uh, hey, Brendan. So read Brendan, who's been picked, and you can tell him who he has, and he can switch him out. If so he wants. Brendan, the players that are off the board are Garrett Nelson, Luke Reimer, Quentin Newsom. Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, Travis Vokalek, Trey Palmer, O'Shawn Mathis, and then you have Ty Robinson and the entire offensive line. We drafted for you. You can switch those out if you don't want them, though, with with somebody who's not been picked. Oh, he's gone. Nope. Who right. do we want him to have? <laughs> uh, let's, let's see. see. We kind of picked over the defense quite a bit now. Is well, Henrich another? is still there. It, uh, oh, Henrich is... Henrich. I'll take him. 
Oh. I'll take him. Out of the oh, back. Oh, he's whoa. <laughs> Rising from the ashes to make his third round pick. That was stunning. So who's off the board? All Give right. me a quick breakdown. All right. Okay. Uh, so Mike's got Garrett Nelson, Luke Reimer, Quentin Newsom. I have Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, Travis Vokalek. You have the offensive line, Ty Robinson and Nick Henrich. And then Jack has Trey Palmer, Oshad Mathis, and is about to make his third and fourth picks. All right. You okay with that? Bennon? Okay. Uh, let's see. I think I need to go with another wide receiver. I know I already got Trey Palmer. The wide receivers are where it's at, but I don't know which one to take. Can I ask Mike for advice? Sure. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Is it going to be a good advice, or is this going to be some misinformation that he's feeding me right now? Well, I think the important thing to acknowledge is that Nebraska's not even sure who their best wide receivers are, so you <laughs> attempting to do this exercise is fascinating to me. So I'm excited right, to Let me break it down. Walk, walk through it, please. Uh, I'll, walk, I'll walk you yeah. through it. Uh, on, on, uh, so the, the nominees for my next pick are uh, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Yep. Never seen him play a play in my life, but he's obviously a great player. Uh, then we got Alante Brown, who I'm hearing is the hot new thing. He's been in the program for a while. Maybe it's time for him to break out. Of course, you got Omar Manning, and he's such an interesting play. You know, this are we in a PPR league? In, oh, never mind. That doesn't matter. Omar Manning, uh, who's you know your big receiver. I think that's it for the wide receivers that I would consider. I think it's going to be one of those three guys. You know what? I I'm going to go Omar Manning. Give me Omar Manning. I want Omar Manning. Because I can get, we maybe we'll have a big block or something. We can include him. Brown soul. <laughs> hey, uh, you, you have a fourth pick here now, Jack. Oh, I got to do two. Great. Yeah, that's what happens. Just take Marcus Avatar. Washington. No, I'm <laughs> just, not taking. Just, just go receiver. Uh, who's the Who's the new kicker? Give me the new kicker, Timmy Bleak. You want Bleak Rose? Yeah, we're definitely gonna have some games. That's a that is a sneaky good pick right there. Give me Bleak Road. I'll take the punter. I just took a punter. <laughs> All right. Stye is in. He completes his team. I'm telling you, you guys, we haven't talked about this. He is an incredible talent. Bushidi. He's as good as uh, Foltz was, uh, even going back to, like, Mike Stiggy, um, Bill Dang. Bush. He's super did, impressive. Did you just drop a Mike Stiggy? Nobody except me listening right now knows who you're talking about, but I do. Number 47. Here's the thing. I had Bleak Road and Bushini as okay, whichever one of those two is. Sorry. Left. That no that means Brennan and I know what we're doing. Caleb Tanner. Ooh. It's a good pick. Alright, so I got three How defensive guys. How could I not guys. pick a Caleb? Come on, guys. I, I got three defensive guys, and I'm going to go with someone that Jack just completely forgot when he took Omar Manning. It's a new position. People have to remember oh. it. He might also play a little bit of his old That's position, too. One. Give me the wide back. Give me Ramir Johnson. Mr. Irrelevant. Once again, going to make you all look Jeez, stupid. I should have taken What it, a man. bunch of I dummies. I had too many offensive players. Oh, gosh. I should have Unless taken we think this offense is putting up 64 I even get a take a Do you want to trade? No. no I'll trade give you on. my second round next year. <laughs> I'm not even sure I'm going to be asked back. By the way. I don't even know that I'm going to be asked back next week. <laughs> <laughs> So far, it's not trending well, but uh, that's why you start just trading away all of your picks. <laughs> now, wide back is a new position for Nebraska, but I've been playing that position for ten years. Am I right? Okay, okay. So here's what it is. <laughs> here's what a wide back M- is. Mike, yes, we got a graphic for it and everything. Oh no, Mike has got Garrett Nelson, Luke Reimer, Quentin Newsom, and Ramir Johnson. I have Casey Thompson, Anthony Grant, Travis Vokalek, and Caleb Tanner. Stye has the entire offensive line. Ty Robinson, Nick Henrich, and Bushini. 
And then Jack has got Trey Palmer, O'Shawn Mathis, or Omar Manning, and Timmy Bleakroad. Okay, I don't like how this went. And here's the thing. Stye's got a weird team, and he's got no offensive players on it, and he's probably going to win. He's this got, got the, the entire offensive, offensive line. line. He's okay. got the most offensive players. And offensive wouldn't, skill wouldn't Timmy Bleakroad be considered an offensive player? Uh, no, he doesn't have an He's the only one without an offensive skill player. Okay, there you go. That's what I was going to say. Said he wasn't skilled. Wow. All right. Ooh. Let's see if Brandon can get I would say kicking up. field goals has been a skill for Nebraska that they've needed for a little while. That's true. All Scoring right. points. We'll take a break. Next. You guys have been waiting for the morning drive. I obviously say anything that gets in your way. Call the traffic hotline 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Five topics to get you going for game day. It's a special Friday edition of the morning drive on the Friday Husker tailgate. You know, international internet, but... Still along uh, with us, Mike Schaefer, Caleb Henry, myself, Kenny Larrabee is running the Facebook live stream. If you want to watch us and listening uh, to us during the breaks today has been an adventure. So join on that. Go to the KLIN Facebook page, and I've shared it on my page, too, if you want to take a look there and watch us and uh, see the good work Kenny is doing. All right, without any further ado, it's time to count them down. So let's get things started with number five. Um, what are you guys expecting for the offensive style to look like? How different with Mark Whipple? One, getting to put his uh, fingerprints on the offense. But two, him doing the play calling and not Scott Bombs Frost. away. Bombs away, Mike Schaefer. Let's go. Yeah, I'm, I'm really probably as excited about this aspect as I am anything else because what, what does Mark Whipple sort of try to create? I mean, the, the book on him, you talk to his former players, he likes to feed his best player. We don't know who Nebraska's best player is. On offense, and we don't know where the matchups are gonna are gonna favor, and so that's why, if there was ever a year for Travis Vokalek in the tight end position to be elevated, it could be a year like this where your wide receivers are a little bit of a question mark. Maybe the middle of the field, you're just hitting those checkdowns, you're throwing it into the flats a little bit, you're trying to create action that way. I think there's obviously going to be a fair amount of passing and and short, quick passing uh, to sort of counteract. You don't know what your offensive line is going to be early. Uh, what will, the, how will the quarterback run, if at all, factor into this offense? I don't. I just don't look for it to be a big part. I don't think it's a big part of what Casey wants to do. Uh, certainly wasn't a big part of what he did at Texas. Now you get closer to the goal line, then you might get a little bit uh, more exotic that way. But I just between you know between the twenties, I don't look for him to be uh, rolling out in design quarterback what, run game. What kind of a runner? I mean, from what you've seen and from playing at Texas and, and film before. I mean, again, it may not be something that's used very often, but he appears to be, you know, he's quick, athletic. Yeah, no, he <laughs> can move. I, he's more of a get out of pressure type runner than he is that you're just going to load it up and go quarterback blast. I mean, he's not nearly as big as Adrian is. You don't want him taking those kind of unnecessary shots if you can avoid it. Hmm. I think you might get some timely draws though, just because of how athletic he is, and especially sure. if they are doing some. Quick well, you pack- get team spread out. Exactly. Like if, if you start hitting on those passes that spread out the defense, then you try to hit them in the middle of some of those. But I, I just don't look for it to be nearly the play that it was. I mean, it got to be every third and five you knew Adrian was keeping it. Let me, let well, me, even on third and 15. Yeah, well, it, when we get yeah. back, <laughs> when we get back together, like say a month from now, before or after the, like the Oklahoma game, you think we're going to have a good idea? Will there be a quote-unquote bell cow running back no. at that point? I don't really? think this is 
I don't think they have a bell cow on their team right now. Uh, the closest that they might get to that is if somebody like A.J. Allen just takes over by the second half of the season. Interesting. That drives me nuts. I, I, I don't, don't know why, but between, it drives Mike, it drives me nuts. There's no real separation why. between Anthony Grant and Gabe Irvin and, and Jock Yant. You've moved Ramir Johnson to this other position because you're weak at wide receiver. I mean, they just don't have anyone where I think they're just going to take that job and, and own it. I was listening to highlights of last year's when I was putting together the Open for this, and I was shocked at how many different running backs were scoring touchdowns yeah, just, during the end of the year. Marquis Stepp is scoring against Wisconsin. Of right. course, he's gone right now. You had Marvin Scott scoring touchdowns. You've got guys I forgot were here. Who Savion were Morrison was Savion on last year's team. <laughs> he had a touchdown against, or a huge run against Northwestern, I think. Yeah. I don't know why, but I just... And maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you can win with seven running backs rotating oh, look, in and with out you. sort I'd of like arbitrarily. To have, I like to know that definitive me. guy. I just don't think they're going to have it. This okay. year. It's going to be Anthony Grant because I drafted him. Well, can we redo that draft? I'm really unhappy with it the more I think it's about okay it. It's okay for you to be bad at this. You've never been good at picking players for any kind of football. You've never been And it shows. <laughs> Number four. New players everywhere. Special teams, punter, kicker. Quarterback, wide receivers, running back, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, edge, defensive backs. What what are we supposed to do with this okay. roster, Jack? Number one. No, do you know anyone's number? No, none. And we're gonna go over that. I need that's why I put this segment in for my own personal help understanding what's happening in the game. Number one. But it's not out of the question, you guys. You could have a new player to the team leading the team in passing yards, leading the team in receiving yards, leading the team in rushing yards, leading the team in sacks, leading the teams in interceptions, leading the team in tackles for loss, perhaps, maybe not that one. Uh, leading, leading the, the team, team in points. In points. Yeah. Leading the team punting, in uh, punting, uh, yeah. kicking, punt return, kick yep. return. Yeah. There's very few stats out there this is where not, you can't uh, say. Like, there's very few stats where it's not going to be probably a new guy or at least a new no. guy battling for that top spot. So I'm curious, <laughs> Mike, what is what is the one number, the one guy that the most people who are like me who don't know all the new numbers are going to be confused right away that you're going to be seeing the most and, and wanting to make sure you know who that is and what their number is? Give me the, Give me the guy for you in terms of a new... A new one. I think the guy that is going to capture people's attention, one, because he's a punt returner, two, because Travis Fisher can't stop talking about him and calling him a Sunday guy, double zero Tommy Hill, I believe. Mm -hmm. Is that right? they have double zero Well, you have double zero Jock Yant on the offense and double zero Tommy Hill. Wait, they're single zero. I thought they were double. Jock, wait, Jock Yant just wore a single zero. No, they're just single year. zero. No, what are you talking about? Double zero. Double zero. I thought it was double zero. It'd be cooler you... if it was. Yeah, I would I would appreciate it. Okay, so. But, Whatever. So zero. Tommy Hill is a zero. Tommy Hill is a zero, but, but he's personally. about to be a hero yeah. for Nebraska. <laughs> Literally zero to yeah. hero. Uh, okay, so number zero. That's good. I had no idea yeah. that, that. I can't stand the zero as a number, uh, but your, I guess I have to do Your it. three wide receivers. Now, one of these guys, actually two of them didn't get drafted by Jack here, but one of them did. Trey Palmer is number three. Marcus Washington, okay. I believe, is number seven. Washington yep. is seven, yes. And those two guys might start as your outside wide, or might start as your wide receivers right away. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is number two. Mm-hmm. Well, you already know these. Look at you showing off. Uh, so those those are three guys that uh, to kind of keep an eye on at, at wide receiver. Okay. Um, after that, it gets really difficult. I don't even is Casey Thompson is he number eleven? <laughs> I he was 10, literally, 10? wow, literally. No, he's eleven. You're right. I have no idea. Was eleven? Okay, good. Yeah. 
And then Anthony Grant went from 23 to 10. He will be number 10, I think, because of special teams. He will potentially return kicks. You have Isaac Gifford, who could be on various special teams units. They were both 23, so I think they wanted to move off of uh, that. Um, O'Shawn Mathis wears 32. Where's yep. Ed Stewart's old number? 32, O'Shawn Mathis. Okay. That's nice. some of them. Yeah. Uh, Timmy Bleak Road is 47. Yeah. Colton Fight. 38 on Bleak Road. Okay, right. who's 47? Someone's 47. Feast, uh, by the way, Colton Feast is Chase a- Androff. Oh, Chase Androff, watch out. <laughs> yeah, it's a freshman. He's Got a out. new number. I hope he makes a huge play. <laughs> I don't think he's going to play. I'm a Chase fan. Number three. Black shirts handed out this week. Nine of them, including walk-on out of UTAN, Colton Feast. Number 82. That's a weird, But you don't have number. a couple of... Guys expected to start. O'Shawn Mathis, Tommy Hill, not among them. Chenander talked about wanting guys to at least play a game for Nebraska. Prove it while you're here before you get them. That's fine. That's it's fine. I'm not I don't have it in me to get worked up about the process of the black shirts anymore. And this is not a any kind of a major violation of the original tradition. And so I'm Watch your protocol. <laughs> Listen, we've had much more egregious violations. Oh, you of, mean like two thousand nine when they were just handed out randomly yes. the Friday before you they, lost to Texas Tech thirty one yes. to ten? <laughs> right. They would you'd wait halfway through the season and randomly give them out. This is honestly in the pantheon of things that are not that close to what the original tradition is, this is pretty close. So if they want to keep O'Shawn's out until he makes a good play in a game, that's fine because he's probably going to get it out next week. My hope for the black shirts is that Brian Buscini gets one Ooh. because he's just bombing the ball, flipping the field, and pinning them inside the They've five. done that before, haven't they? It was Alex Henry. Alex Henry, they did it. Right. Hey, we need a new punk god at college football. Yes. Why not us? Why not us? <laughs> Fair question. By the way, do we not... Is that said in like a statement sort of way or in a really desperate like... Why not us? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> okay. By the way, why didn't we get any video about them getting the black shirts? Do they not do that? Sad. They're probably going to put that out today. Okay. If they if they have the video, it's probably going out today. Number two. Scott Frost. This marketing opportunity. CEO. Hey, we're on to the next one. Okay, sorry. Scott Frost, CEO, not going to be the play caller. Probably going to have some influence on that, depending on game situation still, but... Mark Whipple will be calling the plays on offense. Frost will be able to spend some time with the special teams, spend some time helping out the defense. What are you guys making of CEO Scott Frost? Uh, uh, we only have a minute here. He seems he still doesn't seem that thrilled with the setup. But on the other hand, I'm also sort of interested in what he can do because I think he has a really good football mind. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think maybe he may be able the, the stuff that you gain from him doing those things it might be above replacement level, so to speak, in baseball parlance. Based on what we've seen of CEO Scott Frost so far sliding down the rails outside the stadium, I wouldn't be surprised if during the offense he just busts out a hacky sack and he's just over there, you know, staying loose, staying chill, not getting too worked up about anything. That's what I understand about CEO Scott, Scott Frost. Scott Frost is wearing a poncho for this game. I didn't expect that. He actually, like, CEO Scott Frost says hoodies are okay again. Weirdly into fish now. Hoodies are back, baby. Number two. Was that number two? We're on number one, actually. Number one. As Nelly would say. All right, this one's got to be fast. Curse party last night. We had it. We did some stuff. We broke the curse. We did. I'm feeling better today. Nebraska Nation feeling good. There were saltwater bass. There There was a bonfire. There was uh, old 1980s Ronald Reagan era. Herbie made an appearance. We kind of 
uh, we kind of had sort of like a seance type thing and raised him from the beyond. Egg, uh, there were some eggs were broken. There were some eggs broken. Uh, the Killigans played. They were great. Thank you to everybody who was coming out. It was a whole lot of fun. Thank you to Haymarket Park for having us. And, yeah, you can see some pictures, I'm sure, all over the Internet of that last night. But, you know, just one thing. One thing. Remember, if Nebraska starts winning this year, we did that. We did that. We did that. All right. We'll take a break. 67 traffic hotline, 402-479-1414. Keeping you moving with time saver traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. Jack West on the 35. Nice move. 40, 45, 50, 45, 40. Run, big fella. 30, 25, 20. Step on me, the guy. 10, 10, 5. Jack West. Yes. We love you in Lincoln. Who do you think you're fooling? Nobody is thinking about their job the day before a Husker game. What a finish to this football game. Memorial Stadium upside down right now. Stroud back in the pocket, being rushed, gets hit as he throws down the field. It's going to be intercepted. Miles Farmer at the 15-20 up the sideline. Rocked out of bounds. Flag comes out. This is the Friday Husker Tailgate with Jack Mitchell, Caleb Henry, Mike Schaefer, and former Husker National Champion, Brendan Stein. Brought to you by Syracuse Area Health, Strasburger Orthopedics on 1499.3 KLIN. I mean, full disclosure, Brennan Stye is fighting the European Wi-Fi at Aviva Stadium right now. I don't know if that's a metric Wi-Fi type situation that's different or what it is exactly, but we're missing. Hopefully, we're getting Brennan Stye back here a little bit, but we've got a couple of guests here to join us in the uh, in the meantime to get us ready for this weekend in multiple ways, and we are going to start first with Jeff Mall, Lincoln Convention and Visitors Bureau, who will join us every Friday, a little earlier than usual, but we like to bring Jeff on just because everybody's kind of thinking about the weekend, especially on these home weekends, but the away weekends too, and things going on around the game and around the city as well. Good morning, Jeff Mall. How are you doing? I'm doing real good. Hey, Jack. Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is the curse gone? It is. It's confirmed. It's it it's basically confirmed. Can I come out now? Yeah. No, the universe gave me some signals. I think we're good now. So oh, good. We're back good to news. yes. It's good back news, to boys. football as if it was 1997. Now, so everything's Woo. fine. So that's I feel good. better now. Yeah. I'm no, I long two decades, huh? Am I right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you are correct. All right, and and uh, you got the you know not normally usually have to jump in. Didn't last year. This year, right into yep. a home game, kind of getting ready for a CVB perspective. So you gotta you gotta sit back a little bit and enjoy the road game, and then get it going next weekend for a home game. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get her going. Uh, you know, the hotels are, are are ramping up. I know restaurants and retail are all ramping up. I think there's this feeling out there that this might be probably the largest surge of people that we have seen since the pandemic started. Cause you know, mm. remember we didn't have football and then we had football, but it was kind of football. And then <laughs> there was last year. So yeah. um, I think that the excitement and, and these, these, these predictions for 10 wins and these predictions for at least eight wins is feeling really good from a, a hospitality standpoint. So well, uh, yeah, we're definitely ramped up and ready to roll. Very good. And hopefully they get it going this week and it's going to even add to the enthusiasm. It's going to feel, com- you know, really back to normal for a Husker football weekend next weekend. But let's get to this weekend. Uh, just give me kind of an idea. Those of us who uh, have been having to look at everyone's pictures from Ireland instead of experience, we can instead experience the capital city this weekend. Give us some things we can do to sort of bide our time before and after the football game this weekend. Well, I would recommend a local pub this weekend. Ah. That's going to be super important to go do and enjoy the game. But outside of that, 
Lincoln.org is our website. That's where we get all of our data that we talk about every Friday. We've got the Family Motor Coach Association in town for their 105th International Convention and RV Expo at the Lancaster Event Center. If you've driven by this facility all week, we have 700, over 700 RVs from across the globe that have made their way into Lincoln for this RV event. And this is cool because they park. They go out and enjoy the community. They do a lot of fun things at the event center. And this was a COVID-canceled event for us that uh, decided to give Lincoln a chance. And we're really excited to uh, invite people out there. Tomorrow is Lincoln Day. You can go out, free admission to see the RV Expo and discover what's new at the event center. I want to see the most tricked-out RV they've got in the place and see all I of would, the sweet things. When they're probably better than my house, to be honest. Oh, so. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you, should, you should go out there. They are they're amazing. Um, so, yeah, stop out and say hi to those folks out there. The Greek Festival, they call it the My Big Fat Greek Festival, is this weekend over at the Greek Annunciation Orthodox Church. 5 to 9 tonight, 11 to 9 Saturday. Great food, of course, great music, and great Greek dancing. Should be a lot of fun. And then uh, as we head into Saturday, Haymarket Beer Fest, fun event over at Haymarket Park. Things are, are going to be a lot of fun over there with lots of beer from across uh, different breweries. And I don't want to forget about Alan Jackson tonight. Tickets are still available for, for Big Al Jackson, 7 o'clock Friday night at the uh, Pinnacle Bank. <laughs> Literally Arena. no one's ever called him Al Jackson before. But no, okay. Big Al Jackson. <laughs> I called him Big Al Jackson. That went deep. That went deep. <laughs> yeah. All right, taking us to the Chattahoochee. You can go. Uh, and by the way, Jeff, how about the back-to-back Ice Cube to Al Jackson turnaround there at PBA? That's a, yeah. that's a pivot. Am I right? It, Will there be anybody that went to both? That's what I. That's, that, that's what I want. Elkin Walgamont and uh, and maybe some of the staff, and that's probably yeah. about. That's probably about it. But that's great. That's great. Servicing a lot of people. Very good. All right. Uh, what else should people know, Jeff? Here as they uh, get ready for the uh, first Husker weekend of the year. I think that's the biggest thing is just keep an eye on our website. We've got a lot of fun things going on in the good. community leading up to the weekend and. Uh, yeah, we're not sold out. So if anybody says, hey, we want to stay with you at your house, you say, no, you need to stay in a hotel in, in Lincoln. So yeah. uh, Lincoln.org is our website. You can give our visitor center a call at 434-5348, and we can let you know about availability. Cool. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Have a good game weekend, all right? All right. See you guys. Go be great. All right. Jeff Mall, Lincoln, Convention of Visitor Bureau. Uh, joining us now. Throughout the season, and I used to have to call him the Internet's favorite meteorologist. I didn't have to. I coined the term. Um, And I guess that's still true, but I feel like that's not on the top of his resume anymore meteorologically since he is back on TV. Channel 8 Eyewitness News' meteorologist at 5, 6, and 10. He's Rusty Dawkins. Rusty, welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. Uh, Good to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good to have you back. Good. How's Channel 8 going? Yes. Oh, there we go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Channel Eight's good. Uh, it's been one of those things that has been in the back of my mind for a very long time to do, uh, and uh, finally there. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be there. We are going to bring Rusty in every week to talk uh, practically about the weather for the week's game, and we've done this for a while with Rusty, and and of course he's done a great job giving us the you know the forecast, what to expect for the game, how you know, how it'll impact the game, how it'll impact you if you're going to the game, all of those things, and he's done a great job, but Rusty and I got to talk in this offseason, and by this offseason I mean three days ago, and we were we were thinking maybe we could... You know, you know how they use advanced metrics in sports now a whole lot, right? It's not the old stats, it's the new stats. And I said, Rusty, you do such a good job at, at you know, forecasting, at, at kind of using the technology that you've got. I said, I, I think maybe you need to get a new 
football index that gets into more depth and more detail about the specific impacts of the weather on football. And Rusty was kind enough to take me up on it. And so, Rusty, uh, today we're unveiling it. We are unveiling what I believe is called the Dawkins Weather and Football Theorem. Shortened, it is called the Dwaft Index. Yeah, I, I, I'm second guessing this thing now. I'm not Dwaft. Is that <laughs> the Dwaft? Oh, it's a working title. Listen, it's your thing. So if you want to rename it, I'll admit that was my idea. But I like the Dwaft. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, you know, it's a bit Dwafty outside. Uh, so, so you put this together. So, Rusty, tell us about how. Uh, for this football season, and uh, you're going, people are going to see this. They'll see it, I'm sure, on the internet, maybe on TV too. But here, debuted every Friday on the Friday Husker tailgate. How does the draft work? <laughs> this, uh, we've got a few different levels here. We've got things that we want to look at. We want to look at how the weather is going to impact the different uh, portions of each game. So we've got, we've got something for the run game, the pass game, the kicking game, uh, player performance overall, and then overall fan enthusiasm and then just kind of a, a, a overall what I think what what how is this uh, game going to be impacted by the weather let's go through the different portions of this so uh, first of all run game is the first one um, what exactly goes into run game when you're looking at the weather for uh, for a Saturday well you're thinking is it you know do you have in- inclement weather is there going to be snow on the ground is there going to be snow in the air or rain or uh, really cold or you know anything that could slow down uh, a running back and mm-hmm. uh, so that's what we were kind of wet 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 footballs yeah. easy, easier to fumble linemen yeah. having a hard time uh getting footing as well so that'll be the run game index pass game index i assume wind is a big part of that wind is a big part the sun you know oh. sun direction where it's at which side of the field you're going to be oh, that's on. a good one uh so yeah there's there's two different things there that uh, can impact the the pass game. so that's wind and sun mainly okay mm-hmm. uh special teams are the kicking game in particular kind of the same thing wind and sun is going to really impact both of those uh, but uh, and the cold is kind of another one too because you know the ball's up in the air for a long time and mm-hmm. coming down hitting your hands hard uh, so that's another impact for that one okay and then impact for player performance that can be I assume that can go different ways depending on extreme heat or cold or, yeah. or whatever else is in there right that, kind of an overall you know what what is happening with the weather on a, a regular basis and and how the players are dealing with that so it's essentially if your performance level is typically a hundred percent how much does the the weather take that down yeah. from 100% essentially. I think heat and cold are probably going to be, uh, especially the heat, you know, because that one really, that'll drag you down fast. That'll be the biggest impact yeah. on that number. And then we have, and I think this is a tangible thing, um, we've got the fan enjoyment index that we're calling it, mm-hmm. right? Correct? And the fans are part of the game, right? Mm-hmm. How much they're going to factor in in a home game, how much they're going to factor in a road game. If they're all beat to heck uh, because of the weather, mm-hmm. they're not able to impact the game that you like to. That's something that we need to calculate in. What factors into fan enjoyment? Uh, the part of the index. There's a before and during, and uh, before and during before getting to the game is part of it. I mean, how how much of a struggle is it to get to the game? You know, like if we're playing in in Iowa, like we are in mm-hmm. in November, if there's a big snowstorm that they all have to drive through and be, you know, they're wiped out because of this. Right. You need to have your full mental. Yeah everything in reserves ready to go for the game. We don't need to take it up with stress, but it might happen at times. It, it might happen. And then, say, a home game, like maybe next week, the temperature is 90 degrees. Right. Uh, and it's, you know, you're overheated, you're worried about water, you're worried about exhaustion, not so much the game, you know, so that's an impact that the, the fan would have. So these are all on a scale of zero to five, right? Mm-hmm. And there are five factors. So the max 
impact, the higher the number, the more the weather impacts yeah, the so. game. So if it's a 25, the weather's wreaking havoc affecting mm-hmm. every part of the game. If it's a zero, it's it's really not, not even worth talking about yeah, the weather and the impact. Think about it as uh, like if you have tornadoes, and if you have an EF0, that's better than having an EF5. The EF5 right. is like devastating. Yes. It's bad. Yeah. So that's kind of where so we're So the higher at. the number, the more the weather is going to impact the outcome of the game. Yes. That's, uh, that's a great tool to have. So let's go through this week. Uh, just, I guess, generally, Ireland in August. Everybody told me how cloudy and rainy it is, and then every picture I saw rusty, it looked sunny and beautiful, except for today. The weird thing about Ireland, I'd never forecasted for Ireland before, so this was a different experience for me. And every time I was looking at different forecast information and forecast discussions from their meteorologists out there, they do it in their format. Like they, they'll talk about a, a pinch of sunshine or <laughs> a, spot on. You know, I mean, it's different wording, different phrasing. And I think uh, when I would see pictures, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. sunny, uh, but I would see just a peak of sunshine and they would call that mostly sunny. So like, they're just, they're really trying to be as positive as <laughs> they can be. Cup half full of Guinness. <laughs> really? Yes, uh, yes. Essentially. Very much yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what if, and I see it's cloudy there today. Just generally, are, are we looking at rain tomorrow or what are we looking at temperature wise in Dublin game time and pregame? The average high there this time of year is 65. So nice. it's just, and it's going to be. <clears throat> I can hear Caleb just make longing noises about that. They don't. It's not fair. They don't stray too far from, uh, from, uh, 65 at the highest level during uh, during the summer months and their low their coldest temperatures are still pretty mild i mean they don't go very far like we range from negative 40 to 110 <laughs> they do not do that are you saying we live in the dumbest place to live but okay anyway <laughs> so over o- over there it's a little a little more constrained they don't they don't have to worry about the swings of the temperatures and over there it's just going to be a, a gorgeous day is it, oh, sorry I'm, real okay. quick, is that still a place where a lot of places don't have air conditioning yeah like it just never gets they, that hot that you need it? Yeah, it's rare for them to see temperatures in the 90s and, mm. and even the 80s on a regular basis. Uh, they are seeing 60s for highs in July and August. Sounds delightful. <laughs> I know. Sounds delightful. Okay, so let's translate that to the dwarfed. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I was set up here. This, uh, you are free to rename it. It is I your dwarfed. Okay. Um, so you got to talk about what the dwarfed impact is. The dwarfed impact is. Yeah, that's what we did. We went through the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Dwarfed. Yes, the 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 Dawkins, Dawkins weather, weather and football, football th- th- theorem. Yeah, <laughs> I had a need. I needed a th- T word. I don't we, know. If theorem is not. <laughs> I needed a T word. Uh, yeah, it, it works. What is a working title? All right, run game. What are we giving the run game on a scale of? Uh, is zero the bottom or is one the bottom? By the way, I guess I said zero. But... Z- zero's the bottom. Okay. I, I think there's going to be just maybe a little impact. That'd be for like an indoor game. Yeah. Yeah. This this is. Uh, there's not much going to be impacting the running game. They're looking at. Uh, comfortable temperatures, no precipitation in the forecast. The sun shouldn't be an issue if uh, that is in, in the running game. Overall, I think uh, as long as uh, if there's going to be no issue with the running okay, game. Okay, minimal impacts. You're going to give yeah. that a, one. a one. A one. A one, Solid on, the, one. Yes. on the run game waft. Okay. Could, could have even went zero with that one. All right, pass game. You know, could, who knows? There could be some sprinkles. Pass game uh, dwarf. So we're talking about, again, you know, wind and, and sun. Uh, what are you going on pass game? Pass game is, uh, I think there might be a little bit of uh, an impact. I think I'm going to put it at a three out of five. Oh. Because I think that they've been practicing with uh, either mostly cloudy skies or partly cloudy skies or the sun comes out briefly. But I think the sun may be an issue uh, with the passing game, uh, trying to get... Uh, 
if you're running down the field and all of a sudden the sun peeks out of behind the clouds, that could be an issue. So I think that's why. And they got some weird shadows with the way that yeah. that stadium is built too. Yeah, right? like a, all of a sudden you could hit a sunspot because they have that kind of that top area, but the sun could poke through at the in the middle. Yeah, so. it, there's it, it's just a it's an odd all looking right. stadium. So. so you're giving that a three, three. Yep. All right, kicking game, a lot, a lot of similar factors there. Yep. You're going three there as well. Three. I could have went two because I don't think the wind is going to be an issue. Um, so around a two and a half to a three. I just bumped it up to a three because I think just sunshine in Ireland is weird. Right. And so with them practicing where there's a lot of cloud cover, then all of a sudden it looks like there might be more sunshine. Watch those punt returns. Yeah. Maybe. Oh boy, let's catch the punts, guys. <laughs> yeah. Catch the punts. Player performance. The impact on uh, players being able to reach their full physical potential. How is the weather going to impact that? I, it's a one. I mean, this right. there's no impact here. I think. Uh, 60 degrees, uh, Brennan would say that uh, I think the best temperatures was in the 40s, I think he said. Yep. So this is maybe just a little warm. That's why I gave it a one. All right. And then fan enthusiasm should be generally overall nice there. I see you gave it a two. You I, bumped it up just a bit. Just a bit because I think there's going to be a lot of Guinness in the crowd and, <laughs> and maybe uh, a bunch of people Which, from Ireland. So uh, <laughs> so, the, so the, well, the mix of the weather and, and other things, so that combines for a two. So we add that up. Uh, let's see. We got one, four, seven, eight. We got a ten. A ten okay. out of twenty-five. Ten out of twenty-five. A, a pretty low impact. As long as you can stay below a twenty out of twenty-five, it, it's it, it's a pretty good day. I love the dwarfed. I love <laughs> the dwarfed index. This is the most innovative way anyone has ever seen to measure the impact of weather on a football game. I think you should probably better get intellectual property uh, protection yeah. on this thing right now. Hashtag dwarfed. Very good, uh, Rusty. Great. Hey, we will. Uh, we'll see you. By the way, uh, people can still. I, I assume you're still going to be talking on on social media and stuff about the weather for the game. Any impacts that'll have? Where can people find that? Uh, in addition to Channel Eight. Yeah, we're. Uh, I'm. I'm still on the same uh, social media channels at Rusty WX. Just about everywhere on every social media channel. Uh, you can also find me on uh, just just Husker football stuff is at uh, Husker Weather. Uh, just like last year. All right. Good. All right. A draft of ten. We'll see what next week is. <laughs> Sounds good. Nebraska. Thank you very much, Rusty. All right, back with the Friday Husker tailgate. Uh, Mike Schaefer. We'll see if we get Brandon Stye back, and Caleb Henry, and myself. And don't forget, check out Facebook. Got a couple of days left here, the 29th. Only at sleepnumbers.com or the store here in Lincoln. Just see Scott or no next to Whole Foods. Stop in and tell them Jack sent you. Do you know your foe? Well, we'll introduce you. But we can't guarantee you'll get along. It's the Friday Husker Tailgates Opposition Disposition on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIF. Welcome back to the Friday Husker Tailgate. We still have not reconnected with Brendan and whatever's happening. It's not answering his WhatsApp. Honestly, the, the authorities at the stadium might have taken him into custody. Given that he seemed to be going into... Is he in Guinness jail? <laughs> I was just wondering if we were going to get a shot of uh, of Guinness jail there. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Maybe to... they took him to Guinness Because a lot of those soccer stadiums have like a yeah, holding cell for the, uh, the, the hoodlums. the unruly fans, that's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, you sit here and think about what you've done. Here's a pint. Uh, guys, we haven't talked a lot about Northwestern yet in this game. We've kind of been focusing on the Nebraska end of things. People forget that Nebraska absolutely blew the doors off of Northwestern last year in a game I was at and enjoyed very much. Um, and Northwestern's had this sort of weird habit over the last few years of being pretty good one year, going to the Big Ten uh, championship game, and then the next year not being really good at all. And so 
they're due for a good year, actually, after last year went. But, Mike, let's talk a little bit about what the Wildcats bring to the table. Uh, it always feels like it's a little bit the same thing, but they have varying levels of success with it. I don't know if that's about personnel or a luck of the draw or or what exactly has happened. Um, where do you – the other thing I know is that the kind of the consensus of the media, the pundits, has been they're probably going to be the worst team in the West this year. What do you see when you look at Northwestern's roster this year? Yeah, it could be a real pillow fight between them and Illinois at the end of the year to determine who gets that spot. Uh, but you look at Northwestern, it always kind of starts with what they are defensively, and they have a lot of new pieces. I mean, and that's coming off of a year in which they also had to replace a lot of pieces. That 2020 Northwestern defense that in the second game for Nebraska seemed like such a struggle, they went on to give everyone, including Ohio State that year, a real struggle. Right. And so they lost a lot of pieces from that. Uh, if you remember all the way back to the 6 a.m. hour, they do have a couple guys that Casey Thompson is is worried about, I believe, specifically number 11 and his 10-6 track speed. Uh, I can't remember the other guy who said that would have completed the joke a little better. <laughs> no, there. I got it. It was Casey, Casey knew their track times. The, the big thing with Northwestern this year and where I am most interested in, they return their leading rusher Evan Hole, uh, he is going to be uh, the the guy for him if they decide to lean uh, on running the ball. And they have an offensive lineman, and I believe his name is Peter Skaronsky. Skaronsky yep. is a uh, consensus top ten mock draft pick right and, now, and maybe according to some of the, like the PFF accounts and stuff, maybe the best. Offensive yeah. lineman in the nation? So it's actually, you think about why a guy like O'Shawn Mathis chose Nebraska. It's the opportunity to go against some of these great tackles. Uh, and so Nebraska's going to have their work cut out for him in terms of the pass rush. Going against Skaronsky, I can't remember the right tackle's name. He's pretty good as well. So they've got a, they returned, I think, six guys that played for him on the offensive line last year. This is a good first test for Nebraska's defense because Northwestern's probably going to try to have to establish the run. They had they don't even know who their quarterback is. I still yeah. don't so I mean, the Holinsky guy is still there, the the transfer from they South have not Carolina. Made, as he far played, as I know, they have not made a decision. And by the way, does Northwestern play two quarterbacks every year, yeah, like in I, every game? Unless they have, like, like, what was it, Kafka or Clayton Thorson. They right. generally have, like, a parade of quarterbacks they're that come all, through throughout they, the season. I swear they played more than any other Big Ten. Patrick Ramsey, I guess, got he started all nine games right. a year. But they'll play two quarterbacks in a game more often than any other team in the Big Ten, I feel yeah. like. Well, they were, like, the pioneers of it back with the uh, Kane Coulter. That's right. That I was can't the remember the guy that no, he was Yeah, Kane Coulter for, years. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you're, you're really looking, you know, with Nebraska on Saturday, if they can stop the run early, and this is a recipe for every game on their schedule, the strength of this Blackshirt defense is going to be in its pass rush and its pass defense. I really think the secondary, even though they have to replace three starters, I think Nebraska's secondary is going to be pretty salty this year. So if they can get Northwestern to have to throw the ball, that plays right into what Nebraska wants to do. So you've got to be able to load up against a run. I don't know how, you know, this is where Colton Feast has to has to earn that black shirt that he already has. I mean, he has to be able to hold up. You feel pretty good about Ty Robinson there. And then you got some depth with Nash Hutmacher and Stefan Wynn and, and down the road, Devin Drew. 
but they, they've got to be able to hold up against the run if they're going to make the rest of this so, defense work. Obviously, this bodes well every time when it happens, but if, if Northwestern gets down more than one score or finds themselves in second and third and long. They are not what? a team designed to come back. They okay. are a team designed to hang around, make you make mistakes, take advantage of field position. And we saw that last they year. They play Big Ten West football. You saw last year what happens yeah. if you jump on them early. Well, and, you know, it wouldn't be a shock if Nebraska decides to try to use some of that Trey Palmer speed during you a helmet sticker really early on. With That'd the be first good. Play, I, uh, I need it. The very first play of last year's game set the tone of what that was going to be, and that was Adrian to Samari Toure for 70-some yards. So, <laughs> it, was, you know, it was so fun in such a hard year. Yeah. It was just weird. Everything well, it was an funny. oasis in a desert. It was a, no, no doubt it, about it. They had the first third quarter uh, thunderstruck thing. It yeah. was great. It was The weather was nice. But Rusty, that was jumping Rusty on Given it a low number on the draft, right? Yes, but that was jumping on Northwestern early. When the games are close, what's the biggest thing said about Pat Fitzgerald teams? They don't beat themselves. They're disciplined. They hang around. You you can't you can't go make mistakes because they're not going to. And they're perfectly. This is the thing. This is what like Mark Whipple talked about with Nebraska and, and everyone making their debut of not trying to do much, they are perfectly content to trade punts. Like they they are fine with doing that. Uh, Nebraska fans aren't because that's not, you know, exciting winning football generally as we've known it. Uh, if Nebraska gets in a bit of a punt battle early on, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen. Eventually the talent's going to pull away. It's crazy. But you got to give yourself that chance. You can't just bury it in a big hole and then you're fighting a back against a Northwestern team that every time Nebraska loses is because they get down 10 points to a team that usually has a pretty stingy defense that sits on the yep, ball. Yep. That's what Northwestern's going to want to do. They're the same team they always are. You know, isn't it interesting that what you just said about Northwestern content to exchange punts can be said about multiple Big Ten teams? It's you, why Nebraska struggles against yet, a lot of these teams. They yet, play the same way, and it's a recipe for disaster when you're combustible. So what's the better way to counter it, then? Well, you either manage to hit the big plays <laughs> right away, and you get a play from in yeah, front, yeah, uh, or you sort of learn to have to, to adapt to that style. I mean, really... The best way, right. Nebraska's defense just turns Northwestern over a bunch. I mean, that's That'd the great. That, that, that's I mean, that's the kind of defense I think Nebraska pick has. Pick six first play, game year. over. <laughs> I'll say it right now. Pick six first play. I would be willing to sign up. Game if, over. If you Tommy can, Hill, if not double zero, listen. Tommy Hill picks off a pass and runs if it Tommy, in. Yep. On the very first if play you see for the zero defense. trotting in, you can start doing some some housework that you didn't think you were going to have to do. Just turn on KLI oh, in the background. Enjoy the hell can, out of it. No, you, we, you if just, Nebraska's you, up seven nothing and it's fourteen fifty three left in the first quarter. It's done. It's Don't done. do housework. It's done. Get more Guinness. Get ready. <laughs> Revel in just it. Don't get it out of the bottle. You're, you're the biggest revel in these things, guys. No, don't I go know. out I'm and just, clean the I'm, gutters. I'm just being bold. I'm just trying be, to be, be bold, bold here. Uh, go be, fix the screen door. Be bold. It's, it's 21 nothing here in the first quarter. You know, I hope uh, CBS and Fox and NBC aren't listening to this right now and just saying, hey, we just spent a combined $100 billion on a, on a league that likes to trade punts and is fine with trading punts. Don't tell them. Might be a little buyer's remorse there. It's, uh, yeah, well. If they haven't watched games, it's kind of on them, right? Hey, right. it gets people to sit around to the end of the game. you got to like, see who's going to punt last. I don't know what better way to describe when Illinois and Iowa get together right. and trading punts from inside the other team's 40. I feel like if you're spending $100 billion, that's on you, right? That's on you to check out the product. Look, before you buy obviously, it. some of them are okay drive. with it. Both CBS and NBC televised soccer, they're used to low-scoring midfield fest. Good point. Europe's going to love it. <laughs>
You know what? You know, Brendan was talking about Calvin Jones hurtling a Gatorade jug and, and the fans losing it. The first time you get that coffin corner punt between either Northwestern or Brian Buschini, right. it's like, just going to be crazy. Uh, right, they're all going to take their scarves off and wave them in the air. Well, they're going to come out and punt, and everyone over there is going to go... More of that, please. Boy, I like how do, that. How do we get the rest of these guys out of here? Get the kickers back. Let's Uh-oh. just see those guys. going to be a lot of oys during the punts. Big 10 is going to be Europe's favorite conference. Boy. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Caleb, anything to add on Northwestern? Mike, I think, did a very good job summing it up. but No, between, between Mike and Casey Thompson, I think we know everything there is to know about Northwestern. <laughs> Well, look, have you seen Northwestern play in the last five years? That's what you're going to get. That's pretty much it. And ne- then they've they've also won the division twice in the yep. last four years. Right. So what's going to happen on an even or uh, yeah on an even year? I think that I think that curse is broken. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> next, I feel confident that that curse is over. Next week, I want Casey Thompson really getting into the details of the North Dakota players, though. This guy bailed hay all summer, and you know he had some elite hay bales up in uh, up in North Dakota. He ranched up through his junior year horse, of high school. Yeah. <laughs> Got a horse named Wildfire. Um, <laughs> Yeah, All right, he's, North- uh, president of the FFA club, <laughs> both active in the FFA. Uh, all right. The North, the Northwestern, you got to do this. You know, I do the famous alumni for all the schools in Northwestern. It's just like a treasure trove, and it's kind of annoying. You know, I that mean, part of Twitter's been a little pretentious this week. W- what? What part of it? Seeing Wilbon in Dublin. Oh God, don't follow him. But oh, I don't follow him either. It just happens. Uh, let's just go through the A-list celebrities, uh, or right below that, who are Northwestern guards. Uh, Zoe Deschanel this is just the first on the list that I have. I'm not saying she's number one, but that's the worst uh, part of New Girl. New, it's a good show. Ooh, Ooh that's a that would actually take. be a good. Discussion. She's the literal New Girl in yeah, New Girl. She's the worst part of the show. Meghan Markle, who is going to put uh, someone with American blood on the throne in my lifetime. <laughs> In the UK, I believe. Uh, Cindy Crawford, Stephen Colbert, David Schwimmer, Hugh Hefner, Charlton Heston, Catherine Hahn, uh, let's see, Anne Margaret, Zach Braff, <laughs> Cloris Leachman, uh, Robert Todd Lincoln went there. Why? So there's numbers next to all of these names. Why? Like, how are they? I don't know. It's, it's Why our, is Anne Margaret next to Zach Braff and one's a 10 and one's an 11? Warren Beatty got 17 on this list. Uh, Megan Mullally from Will and Grace. Seth Myers. Shelley Long from Cheers. I mean, come on. It's just an embarrassment of riches with these, uh, with these guys. Billy Eichner. Uh, Melissa Joan Hart went there? Criminy. I had no idea. Jerry Springer. Everybody went there. Everybody who's anyone for the most part. Now it's nice because when we get to like, uh, uh, when we get to like Michigan State and some of those other ones, it's Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern. I don't know. That'll be, North Dakota will be an interesting one. Is there someone you, we all know that is a celebrity who went to North Dakota? Yeah, you're looking for one compared to you could spend the next 10 minutes still naming off Northwest. Yeah. Noah Wiley, he was huge in ER in the late 90s. Everybody loved him. <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> Richard Kind, he was on some TV show, I remember. McLean Stevenson from MASH. Criminy. William Jennings Bryan went there for oh, wow. the love. Oh. Why isn't this a William Jennings Bryan rivalry That's game? A, that is, you just. I mean, come on. Mike, you just had a great idea. Well, it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't seen number 49, William Jennings Bryan, who's behind Zach Braff. You're welcome, then. Uh, But, yeah. Zach Braff. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know why Zach Braff is drawing the ire of me today. But. <laughs> Not a Scrubs fan? I never watched it. Uh, yeah, Williams, Jenny. Okay, I need to. Uh, I mean, his got, words are inscribed on the he stadium. Got his, he got his uh, Bachelor of Laws, an undergrad at, uh, law degree at Northwestern University, which I don't wow. even know if they have that kind of a degree anymore. He got his BA from uh, Illinois College and his LLB from Northwestern University. There's got to be a William Jennings Bryan trophy. Yeah. There's got to be. Should the, make this happen. The Brian Trophy. It would be the first, you know. Well, he was he's a silver tongue orator, right? Like that was the whole yeah. thing about him. So just a tongue of silver right. is traded back and forth between these teams. Yeah. And then he obviously says his history in Nebraska too. It could be brought to you by High V. Um <laughs> I mean, good. I feel like you should get a jeweler involved with it. With the <laughs> that's silver. good. Ooh, they could. Ooh, the Daryl's Jewelers, William Jennings Bryan Trophy. It's custom better than made. the broken bits of he chair. Can, he can have actual diamonds for eyes. Oh wow, that'd be amazing. That shootout beams. Yeah, don't lose I mean, this trophy. Let's yeah, let's let's have some cool trophies here. Let's teach the Big Ten how to do a thing or two. That'd do we good. feel like Frost would embrace this more than the conflict <laughs> trophy? The conflict. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, Fitz, he's a good guy. I don't know if you, he's a, he's a very likable guy. I don't know if you've That's heard this heard. about Fitz. He's likable. You own a jersey. I don't know if people know that. I, I know I had to bust that out this week. What do I, I have that and I'm always thinking I should do something with it. Mike Schaefer gave me a Fitzgerald jersey for one of my walks of shame and Josh Peterson did. <laughs> a great did. moment. I have a Mike, I have a Pat Fitzgerald Northwestern jersey and I'm always like, I should do something with that. But like, what do I do with it? What am I going to do? Wear it? We really wanted to get you a Jack Mitchell one, but <laughs> that'd uh, be great. That'd be great. Those, yep. those were tougher to find, believe it or not. <sighs> All right, now Western doesn't have a lot of jersey options. So there you go. That's a that's a great idea. The uh, diamond-eyed William Jennings Bryan shooting out beams trophy. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like double as a flashlight if you lose power, that kind of thing. Uh, all right, now we have a new part of the show that was new last year, and it really only stayed part of the show because it made Jessica Cootie <laughs> laugh so hard that she cried uh, many times. She lost her mind every week. <laughs> and, it really and it really started with her with her Oklahoma, which is going to be an amazing one. But it, what we do is we take a look at the lyrics of the fight songs oh, yes. of the various universities. Um, you know, they're always interesting. They were usually written in another era, uh, and so sometimes they don't translate as well. And so what I try and do is give them a little bit of a a modern dramatic oh, flair, okay, so yeah. I think you can really embrace them so and it, let them wash over you and understand the it's really a fight the song lyrics explained. Yeah, it's it's an artistic rendering, a modernized artistic rendering of fight song lyrics so you can really, I think, uh, again, just kind of get yourself in that culture, in that state of mind. Sure. So you can understand who your opponent is. So, um, now, we've got a few different ones here. You know, uh, Northwestern has the fight song, Go You Northwestern. Uh, they have the Push On song. And they also have the university hymn. I think today I am going to stick with the fight song, Go You Northwestern. Well, words and music by Theodore C. Van Etten. Sounds like a Dutch guy. Sounds like a nice guy. Uh, all right. So, Caleb, can you get my uh, <clears throat> you get my music for mine? My... Right. Thank you. Go, you Northwestern. Break right through that line. With our colors flying, we will cheer you all the time. You, raw, raw, go, you Northwestern, 
fight for victory. Spread far the fame of our fair name. Go, Northwestern. Win that game. Whistle. Yell. Go, Northwestern. Go. Hit him hard. Hit him low. That sounds illegal. Go. Northwestern. Go. And then there's a wildcat girl to finish wow. it up. I mean, it's... Give you an idea. Must be an what idea it, of what it's like there. Yeah. Must be what it felt like to hear pioneers, oh, pioneers, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Just the same sort of stirring rendition of imagery. Yeah. No, a lot of people. Smithery. But a lot of people call me the Willer Cather of morning radio. I mean, oh, you, wow. you wouldn't be the first. Uh, I, I was thinking more Walt Whitman, but oh, sure. the Walt Whitman. Okay, I thought you were yeah. talking. I mean, we're both great. You know, it's hard to compare. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I'm not going to pick. It actually, is I'm, I'm not picking a winner there in that one. Okay, Dealer Dave sent us a uh, picture of what the trophy should be. Okay, um, it's currently in the Smithsonian though, and it's just a bust of William Jennings Bryan. Oh. We need some sort of Ocean's Eleven type heist then to get that. We need to put together Send a team of the most elite, most elite Nebraska heist guys, and I think it would make for a good movie. And we get it out there, of, uh, you know, a situation. And we where... get that thing, and we make it, and then we install, we bring it to Daryl's, and we put the diamond eyes in it, and some kind of an electronics company, so they light out and shoot beams, and I think we're good. Thank you, Dealer Dave. You can send me the address of the Smithsonian, and I'll put together a team to go get it. Send <laughs> you the address. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break. We're going to make the picks coming up next. It's 849. This is a Friday Husker tailgate on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. Humidity and rain for the weekend. Details of my 10-day outlook today on Channel 8 News. I'm Storm Alert Team Chief Meteorologist John DeSauer. Bragging rights mean everything to these guys. So let the trash talk begin. It's time to call your shot in the Friday Husker Tailgate Pigskin Picks of the Week on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to the Husker Tailgate, the Friday Husker Tailgate, that is, on KLIN and the KLIN Facebook page. If you want to watch our video streaming, uh, we lost Brendan Stye in Ireland. We're going to check on his well-being. I think he's fine, uh, but uh, it's some internet. He found the Guinness. We got, yeah. we got, him, we last, got him for two-thirds of the Last known location was with the Guinness. He was in the Guinness bar. That was the last, and then it just froze. <laughs> the screen froze, and then we had nothing else. And by the way, at this point, it's like... Four in the afternoon there, isn't yeah. it? And so, you know, it's, uh, as as uh, Al Jackson said, it's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, all right. Now it is time to get <laughs> My favorite. There's, listen, this is a trick. This is a good trick you can do. When you want to sound big time, whenever there's somebody famous's name that they've gone by, everybody's called them the same name forever. Change their name. Either make it shorter or longer than it actually is. Like, you know the real version mm-hmm. of their name. You know, hanging out with Mike Jordan the other day, you know? Big Al Jackson. <laughs> uh, all right. Michael Schaefer. Yes. Michael Schaefer. Welcome back to the picks, by the way. Welcome yeah, that's great. Show. The last time I did this, I think I won. Did I you? left as a champion. Wow. I think I won two of the four years that I did it. Who won last year? 
I did. Oh, okay. There's always this debate because you never actually There's send no out last, final standings. There's no last show. You do like this tabulation of it, and then you never no. send out the last Nobody no. really I, knows I who won. I didn't win last year. I won in 2020. Brendan won last year. Europeans would love it. It's like uh, it's like international soccer. There's like no postseason. It's just like, well, I think this team won. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see you next season. All right. Uh, so this year is how it works. Is the same way that it's always worked. We do four head-to-head games during the week. Now, kind of a small uh, level of availability for games this year, and so I took what I had. So we're going to do four head-to-head games, but there are four D1 ver- D1A versus D1A games, uh, or FBS. So I got four of those, and then each of us will make an upset pick. Your upset has to be an underdog by at least seven points. If you get a cover, you get one point for that. If you get an outright win by your team, you get two points. You double up on that thing. And then a point for whoever gets closest on the Nebraska versus their opponent's score. And if ever, anyone ever hits the number right on the nose with the score, that's a four-pointer. We've not had a four-pointer since the John Bishop days of this show. It's been a long time. I think we're due for one this year. Let's go to the slate this year. We are starting with Nevada at New Mexico State. This is a nine, uh, ten, uh, let's see, a 9 o'clock game, late-night game, New Mexico State. Uh, is that where Castaneda's played? Garcia Castaneda's? Yeah, he was yeah. at New Mexico so they State. They lost yeah. him. Uh, but that, you know who that they game? I know about it. Who'd they get? Their head coach is Jerry Kill. Jerry Kill. Wow. Is at New Mexico State. Talk about coaching in two very different weather atmospheres, but <laughs> nonetheless. All right. Better for his lungs down there. Nevada. Looks like I am first on Kenny's list, so I will go first. Uh, why don't you give me Nevada in this one? I feel like they're probably better. Why? Don't ask me. Give me Nevada. Brendan has... Who does Brendan have? Do I have Brendan's pick somewhere? I don't know if you do. All right. I don't know if I do either. Nevada. All right, Kenny, just give me a give me a signal. Brendan will take Nevada. Caleb, you will take... New Mexico State. Ooh, what? Any reasoning behind Going that? Going for the kill. That's chasing points on the first pick of the year? Oh, you... You guys As, just handle the wolf pack. Let me get the Mike, points. Mike knows this. If Corey Ross were here, you know what he'd say? Chasing. 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 You got to get that high pitch. <laughs> Chasing. All right, Mike, who do you want? Nevada lost too much. Uh, no Jay Norvell for Nevada anymore. He's well, now at Colorado analysis. State. Uh, I'm still going to go with the wolf pack. Give me Nevada. Sweet right, point got, for me. You got Nevada. All right, second game. We have got UConn at Utah State. I don't know why. I Who's going to do one. it? Uh, I'm going to pick. No, I'm going to pick Utah State in this one. Give me Utah State. Uh, Brendan has Utah State. Caleb, you have Utah State. Yes, Utah State. I don't know why I put this one on there. UConn is the worst program. <laughs> just, give in all yep. just give us all the points. Vanderbilt at Hawaii. This is a late night special. You can count on me being up late watching this one. And why don't you give me the upset? The Rainbow Warriors. I don't know if they're called that anymore, but I'm taking the Warriors. The Warriors. Well, I'm calling them the Rainbow Warriors. Give me the Rainbow Warriors uh, against Vanderbilt. Give me the upset. Brendan has Vanderbilt. He's going with the SEC. Caleb? Hawaii. Oh, man. No Commodores. Oh, man. You're not doing Hawaii, too, are you? No, I'm going with Dan Jackson's debut with Vanderbilt. We're split on that one. Very excited about the secondary coach of Vanderbilt. Illinois coming off a huge Week 0 win last year. They're like, why don't we play at Week 0 again? We didn't go to Ireland. Instead, they have Wyoming come to them. Give me, give me, give me Wyoming in the upset. I'm not buying into the Illinois hype. Brendan, I assume, oh, he's got Wyoming, too? God, people stealing my upsets. That's fine. I'll go with Illinois. Yeah. Mike's going to go Illinois. 
You would think I'd go Illinois, but they just named Tommy DeVito as their starting quarterback. The Syracuse transfer? I don't know. I assume he's related <laughs> to Danny DeVito. That means I'm you got to go Wyoming. with him. All right. Oh, man, we got to hustle here. Upsets. Who do you guys have for your upset? Uh, I am going to take, I'm double down on Hawaii for my upset. Uh, and uh, Stai is going to go with Wyoming for his upset. I had Hawaii. You had, oh, jeez. All right, who's your I have Northwestern covering the spread. Ooh, all right. Well, that gets us to our scores for the Northwestern game. And I am going to start my score for Nebraska. Northwestern, I've got to make sure I say this the same way I emailed to Kenny. I believe I have 27-14 in favor of Nebraska. Uh, Caleb, what do you have? 34-10, Nebraska. 34-10, Nebraska. Mike? It'll be ugly, but you won't be sad. 22-16, Nebraska. 22-16. All right. We'll get 